0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Super Show podcast. That's what this would have sounded like if I actually sounded like a dog, which I don't Thank you very much, Mr. Jones. This is what I actually sound like. Nice, clean, pure, lush vocals, warmly welcoming you to the Super Show podcast, episode number 129. I'm your host, Jamie, back to represent myself and represent my voice and do myself justice. No thanks to either of you two. Firstly, my sworn enemy from now on, Mr. Jones. I I would ask you how you're doing, but I
1: don't care. Sorry, all I can hear is like barking. Oh,
0: is great. What's,
1: what's... Oh, hello, Jonesy. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thank you, mate. Uh it was um, it was very nice to see you in person. Uh, this this week, um, that maybe people don't even know about yet. Ooh, um, but no, it's Jesus. good to see you again on the little screen as well. So um, glad to be here with Christoph. The whole crew are back. It's been a few yeah. weeks.
0: See, I actually prefer this because on Discord, if I hover my mouse over the screen, I actually get your names in the corner so I don't forget your names, which is a problem oh. I have when we are together in person. <laughs> like Chris, when I did see you this past weekend, I spent the whole time, like Ke- Kevin
2: Con- Conroy?
1: <laughs> Kevin- Crispin Ke- Glover. Ke-
2: Crispin. Crisp- yeah, Crispin. Crispin Joannidis. How are you, yeah. Crispin? Crispin? Yeah, I- I'm very well, thank you. I'm just, I'm, I'm just glad that we got the, t- the-, the team back together, all right? It's a full house, baby. Um, oh, yeah, yeah I for, for the viewers, I'm going to pull out one of these. Oh, a
0: bit of a Nick Cage. Have you watched that movie yet?
2: Not yet, man. I'm dying to watch it. But like, I think it's I'm on thinking. streaming
0: or, or, or you know, one of those things where it was in the cinema one week and you can watch Dude, it online. I am so you
2: know. behind on like, I've got Matrix downloaded on my on my internals and like I still haven't watched it.
1: it yeah. you still haven't seen that. Wow. Hey, but you know what? It's my okay. birthday soon, You're, and I will so treat behind. myself
0: to just watching it. I, that's the best birthday present present you could possibly give yourself. Give your, when in doubt, give yourself the gift of the Matrix. <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, Jamie, no, I, hold on, hold on, because you have been away. So how was yes. your uh, peacekeeping tour of the Ukraine? Um, do you know what? Like it went really well, really effective.
0: The numbers are, are, are away. Yeah. Should numbers be up or down? Um, mm. the numbers I, are, the numbers are great.
1: Oh, um, depends. Well, the numbers are great. Okay. <laughs> the numbers are great. I, I think was, I
0: understand kind of what's been happening in the Ukraine. Like... Yep. It was an effective meeting. I, I met uh. Mr. Putin. And let me just say, I would take a bullet for that guy. Um, wow. That's a, that's a, I, I want to say immediately, that's a deep cut reference to an interview that a I guess <laughs> a, a, a figure who is, I presume, known quite well in the UK and maybe not in the rest of the world, did on British television, I think, this morning. So I want to immediately retract that comment and say that was a joke. At the expense of, um, Bernie Eccleston, whatever his name is. Um, Bernie Eccleston. Did you not see that interview? Was it legitimately Bernie? Eccleston? Yeah,
2: it was Formula he, Yeah, he said he's a good guy. And take a bullet for him. Yeah, he
0: says he's like a class yeah, actor. Yeah. He said word for word, he said,
2: "I would take a bullet for him." Man, what is happening with Billy the Formula One Eccleston. house? With fucking was it PK? Who was like Nelson PK? Yeah, said all that bullshit like man. Oh yeah. Anyway, I,
1: I was because.
2: <laughs> okay yeah let's see let's yeah. not get into that you know that's a good like, idea to I, move on I, you hey, I apologize. fellas guess what guess what we're a gaming podcast right like we haven't even well, said yeah. it yet yes games um, we're a gaming games. podcast we're available on all kinds of
0: platforms that are gaming friendly or gaming adjacent that includes youtube you might be watching us there now if you are you can go down to the comment section leave us a little comment we do read them and we pick out our favorites So be a comment of the week if you're also there like the video subscribe all those Mm. good metrics and if you don't want to watch the video because you don't like looking at us then there are also audio platforms you can check this out we're talking about platforms like spotify itunes google podcasts all kinds of places go download it live stream it use up that data because i promise you it will be worth it and if you don't want to do any of those things because you're a bit more old school, Paisley Radio is the pay, place to be. PaisleyRadio.com, Thursdays at 10 pm. That's digital radio ripe and ready for your ears. And we're beamed <laughs> out that date once again, Thursdays at 10 pm. It's repeated on Mondays in case you missed it, but you really shouldn't. How was that?
2: Love it. So, so Absolutely so, smashed it. I, just, I,
0: do you know, I wanted to get as much distance as I possibly could between, but like, because already within like f- f- seven minutes, we were, I, I was, you know, accidentally (sighs) quoting people saying they they sympathize with Vladimir Putin and Chris was going down like (laughs) racist comments made by formula former formula one drivers I thought you know what we just need to drag ourselves out of this
2: mess yeah we just needed a hard reset I like it yeah you know what, I've got a good reset for you guys fellas because as we know we are we are the best gaming podcast I mean a lot of people might not understand this or know it because you know you know viewership and Listenership is not <laughs> that, that great, but hey, you know what? Our, our questionable pedigree. However, having said that, you know, I've I, I mentioned it before. We quite often are a top one hundred podcast in the places that matter, like the UK and Denmark. Okay, these are these, this is like important stuff. But fellas, you know, each at the start of each week, I get the numbers coming into me, the charts, okay, direct to my inbox, and uh, we had a bit of a, a milestone. I thought um, this week because we we've cracked the top ten. I mean, yeah. no matter how you look at it, that's, in, in in Japan. I mean, Japan's a big place. Jamie, it's uh, a Jones home of video. Things. games. It's a, it's a home of video games. It's where that's it matter. It is legit. They also don't speak English, so <laughs> yeah, this that's is interesting. why it's a little bit dubious. But I mean, that I'm, I'm fucking so stoked about that one. Like the fact that we are a top ten gaming podcast on iTunes. So it's not even like oh yeah, you're top ten on. Fucking wibble wobble FM or some shit like that. Like no fucking the iTunes chart. We're number ten in Japan. So for those like It's two when you find people... out that
1: iTunes isn't in
2: Japan, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like someone using a like a VPN or something. Like fuck, hang on. <laughs> yeah, are you trying I'm, to say I'm I hate.
0: spent two weeks in Ukraine and we didn't even
2: chart there? <laughs> you scared him <them> off, buddy. <laughs> so, so much free time. Like, do you reckon? Like, do you know, you know, in the in the states, they were like. Oh, if there's a a terrorist like lockdown, we'll just start like pumping like was it like Mariah Carey music through the tannoy, and oh, you play, to you try play and it, like, annoy
1: them to give up. Yeah,
2: yeah, you play it long enough, and then they just get annoyed and they just leave. Maybe that's what we should do in the Ukraine. Just play like Super Show. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah?
1: No, but they'd love it and they would stay. We need to do the opposite. We need to play them something really annoying. So that they leave, just on repeat, just play that. Um, the, uh, get a sound bite from uh, "I'm me from game theory" and just play that on repeat. <laughs> I just think we get your version they of leave. you
0: doing that. That's all we need. You sound like a South Park character when you do it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just a game theory. Do, do, yeah,
1: and yeah, just keep keep playing that.
0: Do you know? <laughs> do you want to know what else is is a game theory, or is the is, is a theory about games?
2: Uh, this pod
0: this podcast. Is the there's a let let me work, let's workshop this. Okay, stay with okay. me. Okay, are I'm we're trying to get from A to B. A is Jonesy referencing Matt Pat from game theory, B is this podcast being theoretically about games. So there's the A to B. What we need is the, uh, the, the okay. mumbo jump in the middle. Um, any ideas?
2: Just work. So hold on, me. I, it's I, I sorry, I, com- I do profusely apologize. What was the A and B again <laughs> that we have to kind of like connect with the thread? <laughs> That was not the question I was looking for
0: after uh, asking for your help. Um, <laughs> how's, how's the comment of the week sound? Let's jump straight to C. C for comment. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Love it. This one comes in from Aizen Sosuke, who sounds like they could be Japanese. Maybe that's one of our top ten
2: listeners. Or is it, am I allowed to? Th- I think th- you've just... Cr- I mean, hey, Jamie, I think you yeah? heard something, but that could just be a theory game theory okay great now we've gone for okay stuff. we've brought it back <laughs> now okay no, it's
1: perfect a, re- it's, a retrospective
0: <laughs> it's like primer we've closed that loop and now it's still, hey. like clean we can move on now <laughs> there we go it's it's like it's like one of these all oh right. well see that's not so much as like a closed loop as much of like an open loop the loop being the well
2: no. you know all right what's yeah. his comment fella
0: eight from Aizen sosuke as in, so, now that I say, I've said that could be a Japanese name, that actually sound I feel like that's an anime reference, isn't it? So I feel like I've heard uh, the wordsuit Sosuke. Sausage. Sausage. Uh, Sausuke. Saus, Sausuke.
2: I don't know. It sounds like Sasuke. An anime thing. Susuke? What is, is going on? Is I'm I'm searching it. It's from Bleach. Of course <laughs> it is. See, I know, see, if it's I know not from Naruto Dragon right. Ball or One Piece, it's from Bleach. I know. Or Jojo's anime. uh Fucking weirdo adventure. Whatever it's called.
0: That's what it's called. Azen Sosuke says, This God of War situation has really gotten out of hand. This could end band with the community pissed more than ever, and three of the biggest insiders take a hit to their credibility. Things are about to get very interesting next week. Um, Chris, I just want to double check. You grabbed this comment um, yes. for us. Did it Was it on last week's video?
2: Yes, this was posted okay. at the time of recording Or Days ago. Okay. In Um, that case, um, Azen
0: Sasuke is 100% correct. Things did get very interesting in said next week.
2: You know what? Aizen Sasuke is the the snitch of the YouTube comment world because fucking hell, did he nail this one? He did.
0: I mean, should we start with where you guys kind of left off last week because I did listen to the podcast and I think Mm -hmm. you had sort of a late-breaking entry um, as the snitch put out a very cryptic gif that appeared to point towards something God of War related happening um, well, at least it was being associated with with the number 30 which a lot of people took to mean and you guys even surmised as much during the podcast there was a reference to today in fact, Thursday the 30th of June, because that would be a logical date for maybe a state of play, maybe a blog post anything God of War related maybe a release date, he put out a a second gif that implied that pre-orders could be opening, um, yeah
2: and Mate, can, can I just interject there for just one second? Yeah. Thank God that that news came through because otherwise we would have had like a forty-minute podcast. The, the news was so dry last week. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, you but, guys were um, soft. It was super dry. Can, can I super dry. It's super dry on the Super Show podcast. Can I give a quick shout out, okay? Because in our Discord, uh, with um, I just want to give a shout out to Aim Nesters who says that we don't read his comments, but uh, I, I want to read this one out, and this <laughs> okay. is from the Discord where he says. Thanks for my new favorite podcast moment. Chris sounding serious and opening his heart about, and then quote, do you guys ever think we're just a shit podcast? End quote. And then Jonesy just deadpan. Well, aren't all podcasts, shit? Saying it like (laughs) it was so obvious. So uh, thank you, Aim Nestus, And uh, there you go. There's your shout out. Still believe that, Jonesy? <laughs> double,
1: double comment of the
2: week. D- to some
1: degree, yeah, they are. They were just people talking shit, aren't they? You should like, and that they're right when they're right, and when they're wrong, you wouldn't know, because they're right when they're popular, and then when they're wrong, no one listens. So Hey, say it with enough
2: authority, and you're golden. So shit. Yeah. See, we have that is it. Whole... If you say
1: something with confidence, and then you're proven right through time, then you're golden. Absolutely. We'd Even be... if you had no idea what you were talking about in the first place. <laughs>
0: Well, I was gonna say traditionally we don't need to know what we're talking about or say anything with confidence or be right or wrong because we just repeat whatever people like the
2: snitch and Jason Schreier say. But, hold, um, hold on. <laughs> I predicted the fucking uh uh Blizzard a- um acquisition. Come on. Okay, yes. We've made you also shots in the dark. You also perfectly predicted how
1: the PlayStation 5 controller would function with the no, PlayStation 5. This, this is the PlayStation, PlayStation 4 it. controller would function with the PlayStation 5.
2: No, no. In that instance, is exactly what Jamie said. Is I just regurgitated the actual information that was out at the time, and yet you two dinguses still decided to argue. No, no, about you it. didn't.
1: I did. You went for you went further. You, you went further, and you got it right.
2: Wow. Okay. There we go. Ah, right, hey. You know what? You're giving you give me a compliment, honestly. Jonesy, and I appreciate it, and I love you, man. Take Thank the comp. You. Yeah, take Thank it.
1: You. Take the compliment. Jeez.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Back on track, Jamie. How Are you enjoying hosting this week? Can you tell
0: I'm loving it? Oh, can you tell I'm I, sh- I should
1: say I I want to start drinking it. So I'm just going to say uh, I was given this as a lovely gift. Oh When um, you guys came to my house, oh, and I haven't opened it yet. Like, I saved it for the pod. This is some Mountain Dew Flaming Hot. So, um, oh, crack I mean, we, we've, already, we've already put
0: a pin in God of War for uh, one sidetrack.
2: Let's do another. I want to get Jonesy's hot. This is what... hot take verdict. I
1: just, I just wanted to start drinking it. So, can, can like, I just say you... oh, one okay. thing?
2: The S of the Super Show is like a meandering river, which is what we do on the show. Jonesy has taken a sip of the Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, Uago. second
0: sip before the opinion I don't, is a good sign oh, or a bad sign? Oh, he's
2: doing the mouthwash thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the mouthwash thing. Um, it's is, nice. It's not hot. Oh, is No, it, but hold on is spicy? But, but your, your, your tolerance of heat, Jonesy Is like really fucking good So like, True You know, try and think of it From like an average person's Kind of point of view
1: I can barely taste No, but I can barely taste the heat So I'm going to say that There's yeah, not a heat you've got at got all. COVID It's got a nice little time. Maybe I could have Couldn't I I mm. not be to taste anything <laughs> um, Nice, no, nice It's a nice flavour But I can't taste any heat So more heat needed Mountain Dew More heat needed Wow
2: Okay does it there's taste the, like uh, a shit mountain dew, but does it just taste like a nice mountain dew with a little bit of spice in it?
1: Yeah, it tastes like a nice one with a little bit of spice. Okay. It's refreshing. See, oh.
2: don't, don't take this the wrong
0: way, Jonesy, but when I hear you say it needs a little bit more spice, my brain immediately goes, it's probably got the perfect amount of spice, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> also, because <laughs> I, I, I no part of my brain wants a drink to be spicy. Like I that just that doesn't register. I don't, I'm not one of these put like Tabasco in my Bloody Mary guys. I just I don't want it. Oh, bro,
2: it. what's it called? Fireball. A fireball. Yeah, the 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 cinnamon liqueur. It's the quality. oh right, it's so nice. I don't see. I'm not a big fan of like cinnamon that.
0: flavored things and that kind of. You know, you know, you get those other sweets, <laughs> those those hard candies that are red and like meant to be spicy. and They use cinnamon oh, yeah, for yeah, the heat. Yeah. I'm not. ai yeah. don't. You know, wade in those waters.
2: Fair enough. Yeah.
0: Not a big Spice guy. Pretty low tolerance.
2: So, Jamie, God of War, talk to me.
0: God of War. (laughs) So, yeah, basically, it felt like where we had left things off last week, maybe this is me being presumptuous, but the natural order of things seemed to be pretty much laid out, right? The snitch who had not missed up to this point had um, made a somewhat cryptic suggestion, but most people had interpreted it the same way. Uh, People like Tom Henderson piggybacked on top of what the snitch was saying, adding more clues as to what he felt, felt was coming referencing a potential uh, collector's edition uh, as a part of the pre-orders opening up. Tom Henderson was also the one that I believe clarified earlier earlier on that, hey, this isn't a state of play and might not even be a gameplay trailer in a traditional sense. And the other thing is I'll say is this all lined up with what Jason Schreier was saying way before all of this, which is that, yeah. hey, this game's probably coming out in November and we'll probably hear about it by the end of the month. And just when everything looked set to be completely fine and we'd come onto this podcast to talk about <laughs> God of War's release date, um it started to look like things might not happen the way that we thought they would. And um <laughs> yeah, in the charge on that um on that potential change in direction was our old pal Corey Barlog, um, who I think is not he's the creative director at Sony Santa Monica, but obviously not directing Ragnarok yeah. Rock specifically. Um he's been back on Twitter for a couple of weeks now. Lots of cryptic shit. Lots of shit involving dots and like, no, I, I don't really know what he's doing. But he started saying stuff like he put out a tweet. What was the tweet yesterday? Like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, if I could tell you everything that I that I know that I oh, would yeah, it does
2: work that way. So yeah, he can- was saying basically like it's it's on Sony. It's not on Sony Santa yeah. Monica. So, and yeah well he said if he
1: found, if he could find out about it and then he could tell us he would but but then but officially we don't know anything right because everything we're saying here is all um, leaked and rumored anyway no matter who it's from if it's from Schreier if it's from the snitch no one has said this is when you're getting a state of play this is when we're revealing anything and this is when it's coming out yeah. this is all conjecture at this point Jonesy, Jonesy, we should remember this, that
2: because this is the fuel that keeps the super show engine running it's confirmed <laughs> rumors but
1: but but this is the thing. People take it now. They're taking it as like, oh, it, we were going to hear on the thirtieth. But so you don't know that. You're just it's just rumors that have said that. Mm, like see, that's literally all we've got is pure rumors at this point. I might challenge you on that. Um, well, because it like
0: without jumping the gun, it reminds me of the <laughs> Nintendo Switch Pro situation that we dealt with on the podcast <laughs> oh, a couple Jesus, of months ago, yeah. and that idea of. Uh, the, <laughs> can there be this much smoke without fire? And do people like Jason Schreier write articles for Bloomberg.com if they are, I don't know, not wrong, but let's say gravely misinformed. But anyway, as Corey, So one sorry. thing you
1: have to understand about Jamie is Jamie's opinion of Jason Schreier is like Richard Nixon, in that when Jason Schreier says it, it's true. <laughs> and if he says it, it makes it true. No, that's not, that's <laughs> so not that's the case. That's what you've got to remember. I you know, love your Richard I'd Nixon,
0: like, Jensen. <laughs> I am not a... Liquor. That's. I'm not a crook. I did not say a fun twist on an old classic. You guys get
1: it. You're with me. Um, I would like an opportunity to. But there's to, a lot of rebel. smoke. To be fair to what you said, there's a lot. There is a lot of smoke around around all these. Well, gates, it's it's, be, it's laser.
2: It's a, the laser beam grid. Okay. If one of these people they open up their mouth and a laser beam comes out of their mouth, and another one takes takes down their trousers and a laser beam comes out of their penis, and another one takes off their top and two laser beams come out of their nipples. Okay individually it's just fucking weirdos with laser beams coming out of them but when those laser beams intersect those intersections those intersections are what make it all real okay okay so
0: <laughs> speaking of um going back to someone who with uh, laser coming out the end of their dick cory barlog um the laser dick <laughs> himself um yeah, so as as we mentioned, he was kind of slightly putting a dampener on things yesterday. Turns out that there was a good reason for that, as in the last 24 hours, people, including uh, Jason Schreier publicly and Tom Henson publicly and The Snitch, supposedly behind the scenes, if you believe some uh, reported on DMs that he has been in, uh, getting stuck into, have basically retracted their... Suggestions that something might happen on a Thursday. Indeed, we are now recording at 11 p.m., and it doesn't appear like anything at all of any worth or note has happened today. Um, That has also led to a number of um, fans sharing their uh, unhappiness and, uh, uh, you know, their. their their frustration, let's say, at the lack of news and the uh, lack of information out there about God of War Ragnarok. In some cases going to bizarre lengths to share that frustration. Corey Barlog earlier today had to uh, quote tweet and amplify a tweet from a female employee at Sony Santa Monica, imploring quote unquote fans to stop sending dick pics to their female employees of Sony Santa Monica while asking for the release date, which um, that's not an indictment of where we're at as a culture. I
2: don't know what is, but but um, is, yeah. is it, is it worth, worse to say, because usually the, the I, I was surprised by this, because usually the reaction is sending death threats. But now it seems like as a society, we've evolved, we've moved on I see, to I, not, not threatening death, death but just sending dick pics. Like, which one's worse? Like, okay, they're both bad, but like... Are we going death forwards threats. or are we going backwards here, fellas? <laughs> yeah, well,
0: yeah, Jonesy's right. It's death threats are worse. But I think that what this is because from is because, like, death threats are a way to kind of, like, close a relationship and they're a big, like, middle finger to say, like, hey, like, fuck you and whatever, like, whatever the, is going on in those people's heads. With this, they're still trying to get something out of them. They're trying to maintain some kind of a relationship or some kind of, they, they want it to be a two-way conversation. They want to send a dick pic and get a reply back that says the 4th of November. It doesn't work that way, but that's. And so. Oh, no,
2: no, they, they want that's... the 4th of November, big boy. Why don't you come on over to my place? Exactly. The, the, <laughs> the game's coming out on the 4th of November, also, let's go fuck. Um, Jesus. I, I don't understand this, dude. This is like I, so beyond yeah. anything that makes any fucking sense to me. You I mean, wanted a Harassment. They make like... sense, though, right? Like... Yeah, no, they, they, they don't. Like, they... I, I was even surprised that they included in, in an episode of Succession. It was kind of like, oh, okay, you went there. That's really weird
1: but i don't see i i'm surprised that you guys are surprised i'm surprised that anyone is surprised the internet is so big there are so many weirdos out there that the proportion of weirdos online is gonna mean that some weird stuff happens and people think that it's normal people doing it and it's not normal people there are absolute psychopaths who log on every single day and their brain says do you know what she really wants a lovely juicy dick pic, and if I give it to her, she might send oh, me the God of War Ragnarok release date. Oh, hey, it's oh. a well-known
0: fact that all God of War fans have juicy dicks,
2: and I can like—I'll prove it to you guys later. Check your DMs. Wow. Okay. It looks a little bit ashen, and there's yeah, like it's... there's like a, a red streak on the like going down it. I've <laughs> just come <laughs> back from Ukraine. Now, down, like, pa- down past the middle, the the, the singular eye.
0: Yeah, that's the way the I style it. Stick. That's, that's wow. the way that, that, that... When lasers come out the end of your dicks, Chris, weird things happen. Like, it's we, true. As we've true. established. Um, so, but yeah, like... I, I guess... We're all agreed on the dick pic side of things. The fact that uh, <clears throat> for as much as it does make sense, some amount of sense in terms of the depths the internet can reach when uh, the uh, sheer volume of people that are, have access to it have access to it... Um, if we rewind a little bit and talk about what's actually happened here, the predictions mm. for that Thursday, like the thing that Jonesy was referencing, that apparently people like me take the words of the likes of Jason Trier's as gospel, and then these things don't happen. Um, how do we unpack what's actually gone on here? Because, well, I don't want to. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to start uh, because, like, I feel like Jonesy's going to take the piss out of me, but. <laughs> is this is is this another Nintendo Switch Pro no smoke without fire situation where Sony just changed their plans? Or do you think there's a bigger movement going on here? Uh, was this like a trick to try and catch out the snitch who has now missed for the first time in a very, you know, wild and wildly accurate career thus far yeah. of leaking?
1: I, so he- I still think that there are problems behind the scenes at Sony Santa Monica and that there are issues with God of War Ragnarok. Well, yeah, I think I go. There is, with, no cuz cuz we've just said that often in the computer games industry there is no we say there's no smoke without fire. There has been a lot of smoke with the development issues I would say around God of War Ragnarok. There's been there have been warning signs if you don't want to call it smoke uh. we'll say warning signs. So I'm not surprised that maybe they've got they've had to bump something else which is the release date reveal like that's not surprising the game's been bumped they've had issues so they've bumped it for a few weeks you know and they were intending to get it released and for coming from what Cory Barlog has been saying around it's not up to him and you know suggesting it's sony that have been pushing it it could be something quite like quite boring as well that they've just decided to to push an announcement for a few weeks, or maybe just to the end of July, or it could be that they decided to move the release date. Therefore, they had to redo video because the release date now isn't going to be whatever date in November they thought it was going to be. Yeah. it could be something as boring as that, and they've got yeah. to redo a video where they change a number.
2: Well, um, worth noting that Query Bard so, yeah. doubled down and said that um, it is coming out in twenty twenty two. Yes, yes. Oh, that, take take that. I still I still think it's coming out twenty twenty three. Of course you do. Well, we'll play it in 2022, and you can play it in 2023. It'll all be fine, I reckon, <laughs> fellas. And, and and tell me what you think about this, okay? Um, it makes a lot more sense when you're discussing a company like Nintendo because we know Nintendo the way they kind of view the world is very Nintendo way of viewing it, and Sony does seem to be a little bit more mainstream than that. But we have got to remember that like Sony is still predominantly a Japanese company. Uh, you know, culturally. Japanese people are very, or Japanese culture is very kind of like respectful. Very kind of like, I, I kind of get the feeling that, and you know, by all means, tell me I'm wrong, uh, and you know, it, there's no way for us to actually know. It's pure speculation on my my part. But remember, so was my speculation. Mate, but, we are uh, number,
1: we are number ten in Japan on podcasts podcast video. We games gotta know iTunes. this shit, man. They we can tell us. Shit. They can tell us themselves. Head on over to the YouTube, <laughs> drop a comment, yeah.
2: tell us. But if what Chris think, is right. What do you think of this, okay? Like, obviously, the snitch when he started is, it, it, like, he was an unknown, eventually started gaining traction, and now, all of a sudden, he's become this, like, go-to source for people who want to be, like, in the know, okay? um, He's had a fantastically yeah. accurate track record, which has been absolutely ridiculous. Do you think that, like, maybe the biggest release that Sony are going to have this year... They kind of looked at the snitch kind of revealing stuff and, you know, some high up in Japan is like really fucking furious with this. And he's like, change the plan. I don't, I can't I, see that happening. Yeah, I don't. I've, I personally
0: don't think that's the case.
2: As the person who predicted that uh, Xbox would buy uh, Blizzard, <laughs> I, I tend to disagree with you guys. I, I, I think there's maybe more merit to that than on I mean, the surface it may seem.
0: The only reason I think I disagree with it, and this taps into what Jonesy was taking the piss out of me for earlier, which is that I do take a lot of these things that people like Jason Trier or The Snitch, despite the fact that the latter is an anonymous Twitter user, at more or less face value. And one of the other things that kind of came about as a result of this weird, of overall Ragnarok situation was that uh, Kotaku were DMing The Snitch on Twitter and then wrote a report to suggest that he was backing off from his suggestion that something would happen on Thursday. Um, And in that report, Kotaku said said that the snitch had implied or alluded to the fact that his source for all of this God of War Ragnarok stuff was the same as Bloomberg's or the same as Jason Schreier's. Jason Schreier read that, in the Kotaku article was like, that's nonsense, that's a direct (laughs) quote, and in fact was apparently so pissed off by the suggestion that he actually fired some shots at the snitch, um... Uh, adding, um you know, fuel to the fire that the one of the current rumors about the snitch is that he is someone, be it a YouTube employee or otherwise, who has access to the YouTube back end and is watching unlisted or private videos for the uh, for information, um which would also, again, another reason why maybe this is the first time he's missed because <laughs> the first time he can't, like, you know, that's a whole other rabbit hole. Um, but then Jason Schreier and the snitch got chatting in the DMs. And I'm sorry, I know this is all inside baseball and it's kind of weird, but they started <laughs> chatting and Jason Schreier uh, saw screenshots of the DMs that the snitch had shared with Kotaku and found that the snitch actually never made such an illusion. Kotaku seemed to manufacture that somehow and have since removed it from their article. So... oh, but um, so you're saying Kotaku manufactured information? <laughs> I'm saying, Chris, believe it or not, there might have been some ropey journalism uh, at the coming ham- from Kotaku. Ham- well, it's a first for them, right? Like they're usually such bulletproof yeah. reporting. Um, <laughs> but basically, long story. I short... I love that
1: Shrier was annoyed that his his source was going to someone else, and he was like, "No, they aren't." But how could he know? I think like, he was more annoyed about the mean?
2: speculation. And yeah, and I don't think, I think also
1: like Jason Shrier
0: is like can be, especially on social media, can be like a hot-headed, very proud dude. Like he. He hits that block button faster than just about anyone else out there. I think if he is like, he's a, he sees himself at least as a hardcore journalist. He, you know, upgraded to Bloomberg. Like, he, I think he holds himself in a pretty high regard and can, and, like, is very careful about his work and takes a lot of pride in it. And I think he has probably got a lot of contacts and a lot of relationships that he's built for years because he was the king of this shit when he was ironically at Kotaku. And that's how he <laughs> built a lot of his reputation. I think if, like, if you had a source at Sony or PlayStation who had been like a close buddy of yours for like years and helped you out with stuff here or there, but maybe didn't tell you everything and gave you tidbits, and all of a sudden they were helping out this anonymous Twitter user who like blew up last month, you'd be like, like, what's so it? Just anyone can come along and do what I do now? Like you don't have my sources. I work for my sources. Fuck you. That
1: kind. I of wonder thing. if he called the source and was like, "Have you told the I, snitch I, anything?" I, I wonder that. And as well. because like, how <laughs> else would he you know? It was they're <laughs> like, "No, I didn't, Jason. I promise." Yeah, yeah, yeah. is that the thing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so the, the reason I don't think it's like a um, like a Sony mandated thing of like let's like get back at the leakers is because I genuinely believe, and again, call me a cuck or a simp, like fair enough, but I genuinely believe that Schreier and the Snitch had different sources for this. I think Tom Henderson and the Snitch have the same source.
2: Um, yeah, there's a lot of speculation, isn't there, that Tom Henderson is the Snitch? Yes. Which I, I, I personally, but what would that don't buy? But yeah.
1: But so, uh, what would stop... I think Chris's point was someone high up in PlayStation might have delayed it, like, and that could have had nothing to do with Corey Barlog and... Uh, sorry, uh, Jason Schreier and his source, who's high up in uh, Sony Santa Monica, right? It could have been someone else at PlayStation who was effectively saying, no, we're going to bump the announcement. So those two things could be true at the same time.
0: I, I, yeah. It's potentially true that someone bumped the announcement because it leaked and they were like, we just don't like the idea that this information is out there in someone's hands, um, and so we're like foiling them for want of a better opening it but i don't think it happens as a direct retaliation to the snitch and i think if you take the snitch out of the game then like right stuff was happening like left right and <laughs> the center like you you could have stopped, stopped the stop the snitch at any point like the second the snitch stopped uh leaked the entire state of play you could have tried to find a way to well it was more difficult because it was more structured because obviously then it went straight to the Last of Us Part One, which would have already been a part of the Summer Game Fest programming, and you can't really like,
2: like bump that or like re- yeah, announce but, it early. But, but or... this is what I'm saying. If anyone has an axe to grind with the snitch, it's Sony. They, <clears throat> he's leaked them like the most damaging stuff has been, like that the snitch has done has been damaging Sony. You know, and you say like, yeah, maybe they've they could have done something, but this could potentially be them doing something. I'm just... kind of saying like. Okay, well, fuck it, you know, you you were ahead of it and no one really kind of like paid that much attention when you leaked the whole state of play. Um, you know, but then we but then, you know, you've caught our attention I just, now. Like, and then it's like you give them benefit of the doubt, it happens again and they say, "Well, fuck it, the next time it's not going to happen." But
0: um, imagine that what that does to the like the the the, the hundreds of people working across God of War Ragnarok in some capacity <clears throat> around the world, whether it, they're working on the game itself or they're in marketing and promotional PR and comms, like, you know that your release date's going to be revealed on a Thursday, you know that your collect's edition's going to be revealed, you know that people yeah. are going to start like buying the one-to-one replica of Mjolnir, you know that like pre-orders are going to start and fans are going to start like pushing that buy button. Yeah, And you get an email being like, yeah, you know all the work you did for Thursday? We're pushing it because one of the executives or someone on the board of directors has an ax to grind about an anonymous Twitter user. Yeah, yeah, no, You'd but, but like, you've got to... Yeah, you, what? yeah Sorry? What would you be? I'm, I'm, be, I'm the, We're the
2: marketing department. We structure nah, all of this. Nah, We've nah, been nah. planning this for months. It's going to be this, Jamie, because they don't contact the marketing department. Who do they contact? The creative director. The creative director goes, what the fuck? This is bullshit. What about, oh, well, I'm going to have to fucking put out a a fucking tweet now saying, please, you know, I'm really sorry. If I could, I would, but it's not me It's Sony. You've just proved my
0: point. No, I think he put out the tweet because I think it was planned for Thursday. I think it did get delayed, but I prefer Jonesy's uh, reasoning, which is that it's something boring. Because it always (laughs) is. (laughs) To be fair, it always is, yeah. It's literally exactly what Jonesy said, like a date got changed, a trailer had to be recut and re-exported, and they were like, well, we can't do it Thursday.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well because the, the the one of the leaks was that they were going to have a state of play it was going to get announced late but then they had basically cut the state of play and that the it was Ragnarok stuff was going to come out on the PlayStation blog which people were annoyed about anyway because they were like well I don't want it to come out on the PlayStation blog I want to see game footage and I want to see all of this. Yeah. So I wonder if some of the credibility behind what actually happened was it was originally intended for a state of play. It got changed to a blog post because they had an issue with the media or whatever they had for the state of play. And then because of the reaction to the blog, it was going to be a blog post. They then decided, no, we are going to do a state of play, but now we're going to have <laughs> to wait until we're ready to go. But so it's, it's probably, it could be something even as boring as that. Like even worse, do you
2: know how, we, how badly we're going to get, I mean, it's not going to happen, but imagine we're recording this on a Thursday night. You know, we edit it on a Friday. It goes up on a Friday on on friday they announce the, the state of play and they do all the reveal and all of this talk is redundant
0: <laughs> it would be wouldn't nice. it
2: just be the it super, could absolutely so, happen yeah
0: i mean yeah. i don't think it's, it's not, happen tomorrow but i still nah, think that's mental. the most likely outcome like I, I i'll get you like to put a bow in it and i'll get you guys your sort of like over your wrapped up thoughts as well but like for me what was meant to happen today happens at some point it could be as soon as next thursday um Pre-orders uh, open up. The rumors about the collector's edition, uh, which is apparently called uh, one of the version, will be called like the Jotnar edition, and will have that aforementioned one-to-one replica of Mione. Which also, I'll say this in, in like small font because some people might be saying this, but this is pure speculation. I think if Mione is the collector's edition replica item, the Mione is uh, usable weapon in the game. That's my hot take.
2: Yeah, um, I'd I'd agree with that. Um, and yeah, that makes, happens, it makes me makes me sad because like. Why do you need Mjolnir if you've got Leviathan X? It does pretty the, much the same thing, the, except the, for except for maybe lightning, baby. No,
0: because they they really they really liked Avengers Endgame, where uh, Captain America like uh, out of nowhere has the power to, to wield Mjolnir, and there's going to be some thing where Kratos <clears> like <throat> the Leviathan X gets destroyed, and Kratos is completely unarmed, and he's like like he's surrounded, and everything's going wrong, and he just puts his hand up in the air, and you just hear. <laughs> And a whirring, and then Kratos catches Mjolnir and says, like, Oh shit, Kratos can wield Mjolnir.
2: And then he he's goes, worthy. Uh, yeah, and then he destroys everyone and there's lightning going everywhere. I bet you it's gonna be Yeah, I bet you I, I reckon you're right. It's gonna be some kind of a plot point where uh whatever happens, I don't know what happens with the Leviathan oh, Act, so excited.
0: It's,
2: <laughs> but it's gonna be a case of like um let's say Kratos manages to pick up Mjolnir, which means he's worthy, and then that makes Thor kind of changed his mind about trying to kill him. Maybe. Okay, and maybe he was a good guy? Maybe. Or, I mean, we don't even know. Maybe Thor isn't well, the
0: antagonist whatsoever. One, one thing that does lead some amount of credence to that is the fact that, like, this is... I th- we, we know that this is, like, the last Norse God of War game. Like, this is it. Yeah. They're going to wrap up the whole thing in this game somehow. And, like, Odin's in this game. And like yeah. Odin, I forget the, what the dude had yeah. been in before, but the casting for Odin, like it's like a big boy actor. So like, I don't know. We'll see how they
1: play out the Thor Odin thing. Um, see how they play it out. I, I, going? I still, I still say it's going to get delayed until twenty twenty three. And do, 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 like none of none of this. None of this adds any credibility to the idea that it's ready. They just have to get everything ready to go. Like all of the rumor, speculation, everything. We said that if it's not announced by the end of June, then it doesn't look good. And the only reason we've changed, and you both have changed your outlook on that, is because all the little leakers have come out with their little dates and their little, oh, I've got inside scoops and I know stuff. But there's, there's, they've been I, wrong on this. They were wrong on the release date. I, I've and said so it way on before the, then on the that announcement, I thought it was going to come out
2: so. this year. Come on. Yeah,
1: and also like no, no, no. You yes, to be
2: fair, yeah. And not okay. Can I the... can I just give? I'll just an intro. So I, I googled Odin, God of War actor. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, it's so it's it's Richard Schiff, uh, who oh the Schiffmeister uh, the Schiffmeister I don't remember what he's. I don't know what he's been in. Oh, <laughs> i no You, know, you know, Google have these like suggested things on the top, and it says Odin played by, and the very first theme that comes up. Is Bob Hoskins. I would love Bob Hoskins to be... Uh, <laughs> well, he's Odin dead, isn't
0: he? Him. Oh, Richard Schiff. Yeah. Bob Hoskins is okay. dead,
2: isn't he? And bring him back from the grave. A posthumous appearance uh, from... To...
0: Um, so, Richard Schiff. Um,
2: yeah,
1: Richard Schiff? Yeah, you'll recognize uh, uh, The North West Wing. I'll put a picture of him
0: up. He was Emmy Award winning actor from the West Wing.
1: Oh, this dude. He's he also him, in uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World. And yeah, The Good Doctor. The Good Doctor is what I think I saw him in most recently.
2: Yeah. I Am Sam.
0: Yeah.
2: Fucking I Am Sam. Oh my God. Yeah, yes. it was Sean Penn. <laughs> but you, you do
1: have a weird... It is a weird now. It's almost like all self-referential and, and all of these people like leaking stuff and all of that, the dates coming out and stuff. You have no bloody idea what, what and when and who said no, what and everything. It's, really cool. it's like, as we're saying, there's no, no smoke without fire like the, <clears throat> um, the Nintendo Pro, but there's nothing come out since then about yeah. the Nintendo Pro. Yeah, that, so that te- is a so potentially, Although, uh, actually,
2: there has that been been was pure coming. smoke. There has been coming out, uh, Jonesy. I'm glad you brought it up because it actually came out. I read about it today. People are back on the rumor wagon, whether it's a Switch 2 or a Switch Pro, because (laughs) apparently Nintendo is starting to hoard, uh, what was it, like, rare rare materials, rare metals for production? Right. They're basically indicating that they're about to ramp up production of something. But hey, again, like, maybe what they're ramping up is a production of, like, dildos. Who the fuck knows? You know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) The other thing that muddies the waters and all in this, and this is exactly what Jonesy and I argued about the other week, so we don't need to go into it again, but like, and maybe Chris, I get sort of your opinion on this, because I don't think you were there for that chat. But in my mind, assuming something was planned for Thursday and then got today and then got bumped, which I believe is the case, that Mm -hmm. in my mind, Jason Sriar and even the snitch in this case were right by definition.
2: All right, back to this, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: do do you, do you like? How do you feel about that? Because Jonesy and I, I don't quite see eye to eye on whether or not someone should lose credibility over something like this. Because this is exactly what Jonesy like warned would happen. That they like that. Yeah. Well, so so and it has credibility.
2: It it. it, it I think in in terms of the snitch, it has. I Jason credibility down it, a little bit. Yeah. Um, oh, interesting. From a general consensus, but I think if you think about it deeper, and you realize that it was a rogue <laughs> Sony executive that got pissed off with the snitching and pulled it, uh, it makes a okay. lot of sense. um But yeah, like if you're saying like what what do these guys all have in common? What is their like biggest strength? It is credibility and how often they are correct. And as soon as you start attacking that, then you can start to kind of like start cutting off the heads of the Hydra, as it were. Um, yeah. I, so you, you're talking about in terms like their credit they them being right in terms of a november release is that what you're saying
0: no no we was was saying like d- d- like if the snitch was right at the time he was reported like wrote that tweet all oh, right okay it yeah. didn't happen does he lose credibility and was he
2: technically wrong okay well i think i think they're two separate things cuz he okay. could have been he could have been right because the the tricky thing is it can always be reactive once someone shows their hand of cards right so the snitch showed his hand. He's like, it's, you know, I think it's coming out. Well, people interpreted it as that. You know, it's still kind of open. But it's him putting putting his cards on the table. And it's someone else kind of like saying, reacting to what he's just done. So how can you ever, like, it's like fucking clutching at straws then. Because how can you ever, it's shifting sand is what I'm trying to say. It's always okay. always changing. Because people are reacting to everything. Because that's just the info, the the way things work here. It's not like, let's say, <clears throat> in the early 90s where shit's set in stone and it takes so long for people to find that communication and to be reactive. Now, re- reactive reactivity is fucking instantaneous. So guess what? The snitch reveals it. Um, a Japanese intern from the mailroom runs up the building, 50 flights of stairs at Sony HQ, goes to the president and says, have you seen this fucking tweet from the snitch? And he goes, and then the, the Sony exec says that motherfucker get Corey Barlog on the phone. Yeah, that's okay, it's a tale as old as time. Okay, but <laughs> I, do, I But does this damage the sledge's credibility? Yes, I think it does. The two don't. The two don't need like they don't need to be pulled in together. They can be exclusive.
0: Yeah, agree to disagree from me. Oh, jo, so jo, you one, one have me have to, hard, yeah, bro. you have to back up those faces you've been building. Like,
1: I was going to say, so we're assuming that the snitch, like we say, the the theory at the moment is that he's someone who's got access to videos on YouTube. So you're saying that he's watched a video on YouTube. So if you follow that logic, he's watched a video on YouTube that had a date in it and he's then tweeted about it. Um, That was obviously correct in so far as whoever made the video Thought that that was the date that it was coming out. Stuff's happened behind the scenes, which means that's now incorrect. Therefore, the tweet the snitch put out was wrong because the the announcement didn't happen, and the information that he used was he was relying too heavily on that information. Yeah, sure. right. He I shouldn't think have I think like we're all so gone on that point. It. Yeah, mm. right. Jason Schreier, he, The only difference with him is his sources are the ones who give him credibility because you're saying that his sources are so high up the food chain that when they tell him something. That is true. That is cast in stone. And then he tells you that that, and then when it comes to pass, he's fine. If the person who told him, it's been shown now, is wrong, for whatever reason, we're so we're making up. Like the, you know, the Sony exec changed the day or they had issues with whatever. So so it's now shown that it's basically shown not that Jason Schreier's credibility in so far as his ability to report what he's been told is true. It kind of says that the people that he relies on for his information aren't as cast set in stone as we've come to believe. So I think it still damages his credibility no, in so far as true. The next, time he's, the next time he says something, you know that it might not necessarily come to pass. Yeah, but you that's call every, that, like, that's every single not... leak on planet Earth. But, but the, remember what we said last time, I think well, that's the every reason you and I disagree, Jamie, eye,
0: really. No, because, like, again, Jason Trier's source could have been Corey Barlog, and Corey Barlog might not have known until 24 hours ago. Like, we just don't know when these things yeah. changed and, and who, who made the call. Like if Chris's theory about the crazy... So he's right, not... Then you could have mm, the most senior source inside the entire studio and Jason Schreier's report could, would have been wrong.
1: Absolutely true. What I'm saying is then someone who had the exec as their source would have no one. more credibility. No, no, but they could have in the future, potentially. You could have someone comes out yeah. who has that person's. as their but source. But in the current
0: landscape, t- that doesn't exist.
1: No, it's a hypothetical, but then that person could, get, could have more credibility than a Jason Schreier or the snitch or whatever or wherever their sources are because they're even further up the food chain when it comes to where they're getting the information mm. from. I think the reason we disagreed before was because your opinion was they were right at the time they were told, yeah. even if the thing comes to, doesn't come to pass, that still technically means they're right and they shouldn't lose any credibility. Yes. But the only thing you've got with leaks, the only thing I think you've got with leaks is does what, does what you've said come to pass? Surely no, that's I, the metric like, you for, have to for, use. To me and otherwise, otherwise, to your def, by by your definitional way, Jason Schreier could be wrong about everything he says mm-hmm. from now on. Yeah, but he would still be. He would still never lose any credibility.
0: Correct. And the, and, and it all comes down to the way Jason Schreier r- words every single article he's never read ever written, and it was true of the God of War things. If we go back and read them now, oh, he doesn't. He doesn't He doesn't say, he doesn't was, say what's yeah. happening. He says what his source says is happening at the time that he's reporting it, and that's why he's never wrong. Yes. He,
1: and then at the end, he says, but obviously computer games, yeah. they can change. Exactly. I might do, you to, wrong. do you want
0: to know like, the way I think about it? Like, no, no I, don't mean his,
1: the... I don't mean personal credibility. I'm not no, saying no, I'm questioning no, his no, personal no, I, credibility. I don't, I don't even questioning... question
0: his professional. I, for me, whenever I read a report about a leak, it is hard-coded. It is embedded within that report <laughs> that, the, that the writer is like speculating on the information they've got at the time that they've got it. And if you don't think that's going to change in video, put it this way. We used to work together as a team in video production. And in video production, we, did. we would produce multiple videos a week as a team, um, uh, You know, working on each one for an average of a couple of days, let alone a couple of years. And also, they were often being worked on by one, two, three individuals, as opposed to teams in the hundreds or thousands. If, for whatever reason that information was valuable enough that someone within our business at the time wanted to become a source for a journalist and leak information about what we were making it when we were, when those videos would get released, like what days and what times and like what what order things were going to happen in. Um, Even talking about projects on that scale that are made in a couple of days by a couple of people, that source would have fed ultimately incorrect information to that journalist multiple times a week. And so, of course, every, when you when is in like I, oh because it changes yeah source, and I'm saying jo- hey hey Jonesy's all time gaming video is going to come out on Thursday at six pm and uh, they'd write the article and then later that afternoon you'd go up to Simon Garber uh, people don't know who that is but he's a, a person we <laughs> <he can laughs> work with and, and, and you go uh, and you go Simon um, could we put that video out on Friday instead and he go yeah cool because that's often as simple and casual as his conversations are and all of a sudden. Was the source wrong? No. Was the reporting wrong? No. Is the reporting out of date? Yes. Is that a risk when you're reporting on these kinds of uh, endeavours? Absolutely. And that was something that happened on videos that were made by or edited by one person in two and three days, and deadlines changed all the time, and projects changed all the time, and titles changed all the time, and thumbnails changed all the time. And if you think that shit doesn't happen when tens of millions of dollars are being spent on video games that hundreds of people make over the course of years then you've got another thing coming
1: but the, the, you, your argument makes no sense because it basically <laughs> means that anyone it means that anybody can get any source they want from any company just to say things that they believe to be true because uh, at the time that they were told it was true and you could report whatever the hell you wanted. you could rep- you found could, someone who if you, believed if, that, if, you,
0: if there was an audience for the reporting and you would and according to
1: you and according to you, they would be completely credible. They would be accurate. It's like
2: I, I, I think there's a difference, this, though, Josie. Yeah. I, I think there's a difference with, with Jason Tryon that he has a, has a long-standing track record and is well-established. Track so record, by, yes. By, by saying, like, oh, yes. anyone can go and get these sources. Like, yeah, potentially they could. No one's going to listen to them. But once you have an individual who's built up this cachet of uh, knowledge, you know, then, then, thing, then. Oh, so so he has he has incredibly
1: high, but so he has incredibly high credibility. So he's let's say he's like an Uber driver. He's batting a five star, right? Jason <laughs> yeah. Schreier. He's yeah. incredible. Okay. He's incredible. The snitch doesn't have as much credibility because he's not been around for as long, but he's got a very short term, like uh, he's got a good track record in the short term. So I absolutely agree with you that the, the, I think it was you, Chris, who said the snitch should take more of a hit on credibility in this instance because Jason Schreier's track record is so much longer and so much better. Yeah, totally. But I think what Jamie and I disagreed about What Jamie and I disagreed about the other day was, I said, if God of War Ragnarok is delayed to 2023, should you take what he says in future? And I was specifically talking around leaks. Obviously, I'm not talking about his his reporting when it comes to other areas. Um, Then his credibility should take a bit of a knock. And Jamie said, no, it shouldn't. Because what he said was right at the time. Which, it shouldn't take as much of a knock as someone who comes out and says like the snitch who says it and it gets it wrong because he's got the track record but i think it should still, should still like, take a little bit of a knock the, the reason i don't think it should take a knock is because i think that that the, that pushes
0: the idea that jason tries like let's it, move away from credibility and like believability or the likelihood that something he writes will happen like it's at a 90 now yeah. and if it doesn't happen it gets that's knocked better, down yeah, to an better. 80 my my thing is yeah. that it shouldn't get a knock because you should already read those and have them as a 65 in your head because of the the, the 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 enormous room that for things to change beyond the scope of what he knows or his sources know and I think as I said for me that in when I read them that is hard coded into every single bit of reporting he ever said I, I I watch Jeff Grubbs Daily News Morning Show every single day like and like the, the reality like you just can't take what these guys say at face value because they're reporting <laughs> on the information they've got which is only relevant from who they've got it and when
1: they've uh, procured it. I suppose the only reason I think there's a difference between like news and leaks is because when you're leaking, you're saying, I can't tell you who told me this by definition. Yes. Because you're like, oh, so but you can then say whatever you want. So that's the where the sort of the believability comes in. But again, it, we're, talking about, we're news, talking about Jason Schreier
0: and Jeff Grubb, like we don't need to worry about people quote, quote saying whatever they want. Like if a new journalist popped up tomorrow, the snitch was wild. Like, so the snitch is a better the example. The snitch had like the snitch's leaks were incredible. The mm-hmm. snitch's leaks were better than anything Jason Roy done for years, and he did it for like two weeks in a row.
1: He leaked but an entire state of
0: play, and he wasn't wrong.
1: Yeah, that was, that was anyway. That was mad. I've
0: got to cut us off now. Because and he, he wasn't wrong. I'm doing a bad job, at host. clearly <laughs> there's a lot wrong. to lot to break down and to discuss
2: With- here. Um, we're
1: post-truth you heard it here first we're post-truth, post-truth. you, you know can what? be wrong and right <laughs> if you want to
2: you can, can be wrong the, and right at the, the same time but he wasn't but he wasn't wrong about the state of play Jonesy that's what Jamie's saying no 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 I'm no. The so, I'm saying he was wrong. Wrong about, uh, I wasn't Jamie said he wasn't wrong he was not wrong
1: even though he was
0: we're post-truth. Do, do
1: you want to know how even less he wrong is? Wrong is? Is, Schro- is Schrodinger's leak? Is Schrodinger's leak? He's <laughs> right and wrong, and wrong and right at the
0: same time. I, 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 the funny, the, the, I'm really trying to move on, but I actually have a thing I want to say It's really <laughs> annoying, but
1: welcome oh. to hosting oh sorry go on i'll shut up and you can say it. no no
0: no. it's fine it doesn't matter do you know what what i'm gonna say is that this clearly is a conversation that has a lot of nuance to it and there's a lot of <laughs> directions this can go further and so if you'd like to join in the conversation then i implore you to do so in the comment section down below if you're watching on youtube or uh join us jonesy and i and maybe chris as well in the place that we'll no doubt find time to continue this conversation which is on discord and if you wanted to find a way to Join us on said Discord and get involved in the conversation, then you'll actually find it is a reward for one of the tiers that we offer you should you choose to support us on Patreon. And that link, if you want to go and check that out, is patreon.com forward slash super show. And there you'll find the various tiers that you can support us at. Uh, the Discord access is available at the $2 tier, for example, but we have a bunch of other tiers $5, $10. And we give away various sets of rewards and goodies, including, you know, behind the scenes videos and, you know, uh, Patreon exclusive podcast and patron exclusive videos, and we are actually um, I don't know if this is jumping the gun or if you want to talk about it more later, but we are working on a, a, a pretty hefty, pretty sizable piece of patron exclusive content that we filmed this past weekend. I think it will be one of the one of the juicier pieces of content we've been able to deliver to the patrons who have been very patient with us thus thus far this year. So excited uh, with that. Which that will, will that be a five five dollar goodie when that when that's yeah, um... that's,
2: that's a five dollar. So <clears throat> yeah, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit later uh, in in when it gets time to the catch up. But yeah, it it'll it's a nice Nice throwback Yes So yeah
0: Something to look forward to And while we're talking about the uh, Patreon I do just want to give a shout out to Everyone that supports us over on there Of course there are some names on screen right now But I also want to give a special shout out to Aaron Cameron Athletic Gravy Bill Caesar Brimstone Colquet Ice Nort, Rock Salt Jesper Camdell Nielsen Leo Murga, Mindful Pig Mr. Anthropic Nathan Pierce, Neil Dugel's Dreamer Prosthetic Mustaches, Daniel Pastors Guild, Scary Omen, and the Big Dogs, Bretzy, a.k.a. Shellshock, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Book Read, Manuel Donut County San Guerrero, and, of course, Peaswell. Thank you all very much. Do you know what that reminded me of? Manuel Guerrero saying that he's a Donut County San? Apparently that dude's new game, <laughs> Neon White, is actually really fucking rad. And I've been slagging oh, yeah. it off every time I okay. saw a trailer, oh, is that, is that the trailer. That's the card game one. It's the speed-running FPS yeah. card game that's not a card game when there's the gun... The shooter where you don't see guns. Yeah. And apparently it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> Who the thought. Yeah,
1: we were saying during was it the was it the Xbox showcase that they had it and it looked really <laughs> weird and we'd seen it before and we were like, maybe not. But No, it wasn't Xbox. Hey, apparently it was, it's um,
2: good. Summer, Summer Games Fest.
1: Yeah, I mate. Mean, oh, was it Summer Games Fest? They all blend together.
2: Yeah. True. E3 season baby. But yeah,
0: yeah big big shout out to the <laughs> patrons. Love you all. Yes, thank you all very much. Um let's uh let's do some catching up though because obviously i haven't spoken to you guys about what you've been playing for uh for weeks so i'm all I'm excited to hear about the adventures or misadventures you've been <laughs> taking in multimedia jonesy i wonder if i might start with you because you've been playing a one video game in particular that i do want to pick your brain on and see if we're see if we're uh, gonna vibe together on it
2: ooh.
1: Yeah, so um, uh, people that don't know if they're not in the uh, U of K where we are right now, the PlayStation uh, tier system came online live this week. Um, I uh, am a proud owner of the, I have no idea what it's even called, the upper tier of the whatever it is. Extra, <laughs> is it extra, the get, middle one? It's, uh, the top one. What's the top one called? You're on the top one. Premium. Left. Premium. So you So you've, you've got like the PS1 games Premium. And, the, and the free trials yeah I thought why not let's have a little just have a little dabble um and but in part of that, you do get uh, like a whole load of other games that you can download and stuff and one game that you can get I don't know what uh, what tier if it's on all tiers or just um the top two tiers is returnal, which is a game that I'd wanted to play for a very long time um but I wasn't really keen to drop the sixty odd quid that you still had to pay for it, even this long after it had come out um so I held off, had a blast, and had a blast. It was a very good game I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um it's, it's i think i'm not far enough into it yet to like so it feels very very repetitive at the moment so it's obviously quite um uh what's the word like d- dungeony in the in this type of games where it changes every time you do a run-through so like everything moves around and the procedural. levels change and pres- no like you've got um They have the configuration of, basically, rooms that they can pop up in different configurations, but they're always the same rooms.
0: Well, I will will say that... Well, in um, in the area I'm in. I had a... uh, This is so weird to be able to say, but having had a conversation recently with someone who worked on Returnal, the developers, uh, or at least former developers, do, in fact, refer to it as procedural. Oh, okay. Oh, fair enough.
1: So... No, but you, you see what I mean, in that the... No but Chris you see what I mean in that the levels the, the or the rooms you go through don't change. It's not like they're procedurally generated in that sense. Like the way in which they um what they go one to the other might be procedural, but you you'll come across the same room time and time again. Like the same ramps, the same yeah. doors are in the, the same the, place. The, the, the thing that's procedural.
0: procedural is the is the the, the connection configuration. rooms Connecting are stacked together yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, Lego pieces. Exactly, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, sure, it's Lego pieces. Um i I guess I'm only in like the first area in the, so I keep seeing the same few things. And there's still more to explore. Like I haven't I haven't explored all of it. Um I've played it for a couple of hours. I've died like maybe four or five times. Um it does it feels a little bit repetitive at the moment. Like you get that you do a lot of killing similar sort of enemies um and trying to just find new things and unlock new things and get, you know, access. So I've now I've got like the melee sword. The energy sword that you can now go through different uh, energy gates and plants and whatever, and I, I guess that is a permanent unlock that you get. I'm, I haven't died and like played the bit again, um, but no, I'm, I, it looks great. Like it's a really slick game and it it, it works really well. Feels really nice. The combat feels great. Um, nice dual sense. It right? is quite. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I've got a bit of drift on one of my dual sense controls, oh, which oh, is bummer. horrendous. So that was pissing me off. Um, I was noticing that a few times, um, but no, yeah, really, really cool. Really enjoying it. I've, I've got, I've been in the house once, um, so right, I've, yeah. I've had a bit of the sort of horror elements to it, and the sort of the freaky deaky, what's going on in this world feelings. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad I waited for it. I'm enjoying it. I'm going to stick with it and see out, see how far I get. Nice.
2: Plus, you'll get to play stray um, soon. That's going to be part of your 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 plan.
0: Yeah. I'm legit yeah, play I'm, well. I'm playing cool. straight fucking day one thanks to
2: this
1: shit <laughs> uh, the only other thing I've well, I I've played a few things but the only thing I'll mention is um, after seeing Maverick and thinking it was like really kick-ass I decided to re-download Microsoft Flight Simulator and download the Maverick uh, pack that came with it and then I hooked my VR up and I had a little blast in VR flying The I can't remember what it is. Is it an F-35? I can't remember the planes they fly in that. And I've got like a HOTAS and everything. It was wicked. Like genuinely, it was really, it was one of the most fun VR experiences I've had for sort of like quite a long time where you can actually sit in and fly around and feel like a badass. I just wanted to be able to shoot stuff. You can't do that. You can just fly. So, oh well.
0: Yeah. That's the next DLC for Flight Simulator they've got to have is like Microsoft Military Flight Simulator.
2: Oh,
1: that that would... I had a little that would be that would be very cool i had a little yeah. play with the pelican as well from Halo, but um i just got a bit bored <laughs> it's just a big lump yeah exactly that oh do much.
2: Ooh, yes, please let me pilot like this big fucking transport vehicle, yeah that yeah. was. Microsoft yeah, Flight Simulator in a
0: nutshell for me, like I, I was like, first thing I thought I'd do is like, oh yeah, Boeing seven four seven, London Heathrow, I couldn't even take off. I was like, it's shit, <laughs> <laughs> crashed on the runway about six times in a row. I was like, I'm I not doing it. the tutorials. <laughs> um, cool, yeah. um, Chris. I wonder if I might sneak in before you actually, just um, yeah, please do. Got a bit yeah. of a bit of time to because obviously there's a lot to discuss with yours and the uh, the trimmings, and I just wanted to say that I have also dived into the. Uh, new playstation plus t is much like jonesy i'm on the uh, extra which i believe is the middle one which gives me access to the ps4 and ps5 game catalog but not the retro titles or the game trials um and yeah it's it's cool it seems cool it's not like obviously not game pass level value but um there's enough um recent ish stuff and some ps5 titles on there that if for whatever reason you had held off on the likes of return or demon souls or even like spider-man miles morales satis creed valhalla like the full ps5 versions of shit like that is like you can still save yourself a good 40 50 quid if a game you wanted is on there um but the, for some reason the thing that ended up taking up most of my time was i never played the ps5 director's cut of death stranding so i've just i've like played like 10 hours of death stranding this past week and it turned out death stranding is still death stranding well, hold on and I, didn't you didn't
2: you play director's cut on pc
0: no, so this is the thing um, <laughs> Played Death Stranding on PS4 at launch Bought Death Stranding on PC Before the Director's Cut was a thing Because I wanted to play it at higher frame rates And um, yeah. and do mods and cheats and stuff like And just mess around with it Did that for a little bit Before the Director's Cut was even a thing Then the Director's Cut became a thing And I waited so long to play the Director's Cut That I could have theoretically played on either Because <clears throat> it's now out on PC as well but then the the service that functionally gave it to me for free ended up being the PS5 version, so I am yeah. now replaying the game on PS5. Yeah, why not? Yeah, <laughs> like, and <laughs> it, it's still very much Death Stranding, and I actually have grown to have a like a far deeper appreciation for all the things it does right in the gameplay department, and some of its uh like uh the the structural decisions and the design decisions and the progression, just the balls. Like, I'd forgotten this, but playing it again, the balls <laughs> to have one of the most annoying missions in the entire game be like one of the first, where you have to basically, um, like, raw dog carry a body up to Incinerator, and it's like half an hour of, like, always nearly falling over. And the entire <laughs> game is like, hey, we know that our experience was really unpleasant, but with the, the entire, the next 60 hours is all designed around making your life easier. Like, by giving you exoskeletons and making you carry more and have better balances. Like, what a weird way to structure a game, but I kind (laughs) of dig it. It's like a a quality of life simulator. Um, But also, like, the narrative and the moment to moment writing is still really fucking stupid. And I just don't. There were parts of it I still didn't understand that I'd forgotten about and reminded about, and I don't understand. Like, Norman Reedus or Sam Porter Bridges' mother is the president, but he, like, when he's first told about her, he doesn't know who she is, and it ends up being his mother. Right, and it, and she's uh, yeah, and all the names and I can't tell. It there is
1: a weird game. It's yeah. such a... it is it, when I when I played like I only played half of it when I first when I played it. I literally as I was going, I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like it's so weird.
0: You really have to ignore the the details and some of that stuff because it is. I'm a consumer guy, but it's garbage. It's like it's it's hot nonsense. Um, <laughs> the only other things that I touched because um, busy couple of weeks, but I did get time to play as I was telling you guys on the weekend some demos that came to Steam um, mm. and were still up as of fairly recently. That um, I can't remember which event in the past few weeks they were a part of, but Steam sale, um, like summer sale, it's something like that. But like I can't remember where, whether they were advertised as part of like a summer game fest thing. I'm not sure. But the main reason I did it is because um, Midnight Fire Express, which is the isometric uh, beat 'em up slash brawler that is being made by one single Polish developer, there's called Ri.
2: Yeah, Jamie, it's yeah. Next Fest. Next Fest. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Which I think yeah, is game... only in for June. So oh, sorry. by the <laughs> time this goes out, like, apologies, folks.
0: Don't get your yeah, don't get your hopes up. Um, but no, that that game had caught our eye right. Like the last couple of times we'd seen it at, um, yeah, for sure. Like Keeley's been be, you've been promoting it for a little while, and he always brings out the one man spiel. And it turns out it's, pr- it's pretty cool. Um, I I think the reason I dug it, it, you get to play. I think the first three of maybe forty levels. Um, and the reason I dug it is it's far more of a power fantasy um, than some other recent like comparable games. It's not, like, super intensely difficult and, like, with a repeating mechanic like a Hotline Mammy, and it's not, like, combo or, like, precision focus like Sifu. In fact, the closest comparison in combat terms is probably Arkham. Like, it's, like, a top-down isometric Arkham game, but with, like, a lot more, sort of, like, environmental interactivity, you can uh, pick up and throw objects at people. Um, Surprisingly well-developed and well-fleshed-out skill tree, and in just the demo, like, the handful of uh, skills and perks I unlocked made a big difference like one of the main early things is that Y or triangle in true Arkham fashion when you haven't unlocked any skills is just, um, it's a, just a block and you actually upgrade it to make it be an Arkham style counter and when you unlock that like everything just gets more and more fluid with each upgrade which is really cool you get money and then you fight by, feed into character customization. Um, the, 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 the the trappings around the game seem a bit sort of like flimsy like the story seems bad the writing seems bad. The <laughs> menus all look really cheap. Uh, like the menu and UI and UX design is like kind of all really, it's all, it's a bit naff. But I think the key thing to say is that when you're in the game and you're just kind of like hitting X and like fucking people up, it's as satisfying as it looks like it could be in the, those trailers. And I think that's just about the only thing it really needs to deliver to be a solid experience, especially you, on Game Pass. Would
2: you say you reached a state
0: of flow with the game? There's a bit, yeah, there's a bit of flow. There's even, again, like, there's one of the, there's an upgrade. One of the things I noticed is, like, You know how Batman, and we kind of took the piss out of this when we were watching the Gotham Knights trailer. Batman has this thing where, like, if you flick the stick to someone who's further away from you and hit attack, he kind of does this really elongated, like, roll and flip and then gets there and then does the punch. Yeah. Yeah. This game doesn't do that for you. And so I was, like, aiming at someone who was just slightly out of reach and I was throwing a punch and, like, it just wasn't reaching. And I looked at the skill tree and sure enough, there's a skill that makes him like Batman. So that if you aim at someone (laughs) slightly further away, he kind of does an elongated movement to close the distance and then does the movie and i'm like they know what kind of game they're making or rather he knows what kind of game he's making (laughs) and it's not fancy in the ways that you'd expect a one-man game to not be fancy but i think he's got the fundamentals just like tight enough that i think people will get what they're hoping for out of this kind of in like a my friend pedro kind of way like
2: yeah this isn't gonna
0: set the world on fire but if you watch those trailers and said oh i hope that stuff is fun to do it's like, yeah, yeah it,
2: it mostly is. It'll be like a good
0: five-hour distraction. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, nice. yeah, I checked out a couple of other demos, but that was the main thing that um, that I wanted to report back on. So, uh, yeah, I think over to you, Chris.
2: Nice. Okay, well, um, yeah, I, I don't have much to catch on, but the one thing I do have to catch on is, is a biggie, because uh, the, the Brain Trust managed to get together IRL. That's right, when... Jamie and myself managed to go over to Jonesy's place for a bit of a barbecue and a bit of a a play session, playing some uh, spooky horror slasher thriller type game, which you may have heard of, called The Quarry from Supermassive Games. Um, They were obviously responsible for Until Dawn. So it's this branching narrative, cheesy, throwback kind of, story about like cabin in the woods kind of style um so we played it we recorded what we played we played what would you say fellas like three hours worth maybe yeah um yeah about that yeah yeah With a few breaks here and
0: there but yeah yeah
2: so we recorded it uh, kind of like it was kind of nice like we hadn't really obviously done something like that since um atg days like a let's play and even in atg days like you know, once once we started streaming on ATG with ATG plays, or a, or rather ATG Live, we kind of stopped doing Let's Plays. It was kind of nice to kind of get back into this saddle. Um I will say, I, I don't know about you fellas, but I felt very rusty in terms of it. Um just kind of always having to kinda of like say what you see, but be entertaining, but <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. a skill in and of itself. And I'm in awe of how we used to do it, <laughs> and I, I hope that we did it justice this time around. Um, but the idea is that that's all going to go on Patreon um, as is, like full we'll playthrough. I'll kind of where we, you know, took a break to go like shit in Jonesy's garden or whatever it is. But for the most part, you're going to be getting an unedited, uninterrupted stream of consciousness, as it were, for um, better and worse, because uh, that means that some sections are going to be dull. Was, I'll give you a hint about the quarry. Super fun game. Um, good graphics. I actually came to appreciate the writing and, the, and came to, you know, mm. I, I took to the characters eventually. It took me a while. I warmed up to them quite nicely. Um, but the first three hours of that game is maybe not the most interesting in terms of what is happening thematically. Uh, but we've reached the point where people are starting to die. And that's, that's fun. So so that's gonna be up on the channel, hopefully within the next week. Um and I, well, I say the channel, the Patreon. It's gonna stay a Patreon exclusive. And um yeah, we'll we'll let that stew for a while. And it gives us a a motivation to kind of get together again and just continue doing the Let's Play series. It's kind of like a casual thing. We're not taking it very seriously. We're kind of dipping our toes again and you know, hopefully it's not the last of its kind that we do, but Definitely something that we felt would be quite nice to get done for us and for the patrons. Um, what did you guys think of the game? I liked it. I think I agree with what you said, basically.
1: like The, I, the characters grew on me. I think the writing at first seemed a bit cheesy, but actually worked yeah. and was quite good. Um, it had that sort of movie narrative thing where it starts off quite slow and then we were building to something happening, weren't we? And it took us a little while to get there. Um, some of it, it, it felt a little bit, like, because I was the one controlling the cat, it felt a little bit like slow and a bit like clunky to move people mm. around. But I guess you need that in a horror game. You don't want people like sprinting around, you know, pulling 180s and legging it about because you have to have some kind <laughs> of terror or impending, you know, doom or something faster is going to catch you or whatever.
2: But no, I liked it. I thought it was. I guess cool. so. Oh, we're, we're worth mentioning, we we were playing it on Jonesy's TV. And uh, the contrast was uh, yeah. maybe a little bit darker than we, we should have had it said to you. And we could not see half of the screen most of the time. So in the actual footage, you might just see Jonesy like just constantly running into like <laughs> mountains. they would be like, well, you you're probably think to yourself, Jonesy, what the fuck are you doing? But we were legitimately thinking it was just a dark scene. And we're like, I don't know, It was pitch like, black. There was there. nothing
1: there. Jamie,
2: you right. Jamie. You The you nature been, of uh, capturing and... Yeah exactly like just yeah. fucking fuck it we'll do it live right um but yeah Jamie you've you've been very quiet i'm i'm no, keen to hear your I, take
0: no I, I agree with you guys like i i, th- I think it's a, a really well done one of those which is kind of what Supermassive... Yeah. um uh, is it Supermassive or super giant i get them mixed up whatever super something um super massive no okay good nice Supermassive... um it's what they do now at this point, right? Like, and they came storming out the gates on until dawn and, uh, we kind of all the ways that that game is a sort of a, a pastiche and a send up of classic horror movie tropes. It nailed a lot of those. And, um, you know, a lot of you know, that corner kind, of, kind of corny, cheesy B movie style writing and action. And, but, but, but they kind of deliver, you know, they, they set the tone very early on and they follow through with it and they Put, put pulled together a, a decent cast and I think that the the early signs were promising I think what, what I said to you both at the time and what I feel about it now is that it's a game that is designed to be played not all at once necessarily it's too long for that but like it's designed to be viewed out as a whole and it's not necessarily designed for people to play it for three hours and then put it down <laughs> for who knows how many weeks um and so like yeah it, it feels like you know we've watched the first 3 episodes of a season and like we've just left it there um yeah. a lot of like building towards something but we don't know where it's going to go yet although we did spend half the recording just speculating about who's going to die and how and what role each person will <laughs> yeah. play which was fun but i'm, gl- yeah, I'm glad and- things like this are being made like in a world where david cage still takes himself far too seriously and <laughs> takes too long to make games like these guys have kind of got a bit of a formula down and they stick to what they know but that's fine because it works
2: yeah it works and and yeah like I said, it, it's a fun kind of thing, right? Um, interestingly enough, there was that rumor going around that this was initially a Stadia exclusive. And then obviously we know what happened to Stadia because, you know, the future of games is not really the future of games as yeah. the way many people kind of envision it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad. Like I said, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad that they kind of did it. And it's definitely... I feel like they're definitely leaning into the cheesiness and the... The B movie aspect of it way more than they did with Until Dawn, Uh that's nice to see. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. We we uh, had a bit of speculation on like what is actually going on, so it'd be good to see if we were correct. I'm going <coughs> to pick with you though, Chris, because well, me, you, yeah, you took a picture to get I guess
0: kind of tease that something was coming, and for whatever <laughs> reason, the picture you took and shared with the world was. It just looks like a still from a casting couch video. It's like a, a big couch. <laughs> it's Jonesy sat there biting his lip and I'm sat there at the front of the frame, just looking up ominously at something. And it's we like got, it, we got up. To get fucked.
2: Well, I mean <laughs> that that's for Patreon uh level fifty, right? So a well, picture clearly wasn't. So pledge. Uh <laughs> yeah, I do apologize. Um, but Stitch hey up. that's that, that's your own fault for being so damn uh, photogenic yeah. Josie, and-
0: you've, you've got to stop sitting behind me and biting your lip okay otherwise oh. you're gonna get caught
2: oh stop to get look it. at that look at that little boy oh shit hold on when when did the male version of Belle Delphine come in oh <laughs> mm. why don't you go fuck too mad alright should we carry on with some <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> should we do news Jesus yeah Yes.
0: Well, clearly someone in the video game industry knew that I was returning to the podcast this week because they decided to make some things actually happen, even if uh, some of them maybe weren't as interesting uh, (laughs) in in practice as they were in theory. One such example was the uh, latest, greatest Nintendo Direct that in fact was not just a Direct, it was a Mini Direct. And in fact, not just a Mini Direct, but a Mini Direct focused on third party titles. So when you're going into a Nintendo live stream with two caveats, you might uh, want to lower your expectations, which I feel like a number of people did for this stream, and yeah. arguably for good reason. Although there are some people who think this stream was an absolute banger, uh, depending on uh, what you are waiting to come to the Switch,
2: um, yeah. I think, I think also potentially depending on your uh, virginity status.
0: Yes, uh, the three of us as massive virgins, I will say up front, loved this uh, Direct. Um, and that's because it kicked <laughs> off with an absolute banger. Monster Hunter Rise, the Sunbreak expansion slash DLC, is launching this week on the Nintendo Switch. And I think also on PC, it's coming out day and date. So we got some new details on that. That, again, it's apparently a big deal for um, for Monster Hunter fans. Um, I was looking at some <laughs> of the Steam numbers just before we were uh, recording and apparently even uh just the PC version of this expansion on Steam is doing really well like 200k 200k concurrents which is higher oh, wow. than the original monster hunter rise ever did so
1: you know people yeah. care yeah that's every time a I- monster hunter game or an expansion or whatever comes out I I want to want to play it but I just don't
2: you want to want to it play it it just
1: makes it. me sad I want to want to because I feel like I'm missing out. I'm like, there's something everyone else is getting out of this like Monster Hunter experience that I've I've tried it. I've tried Monster Hunter a couple of times, and I'm like, nah, I can't bother. Yeah, it. yeah, no, I'm I'm
2: with it. you. Like, um, my brother-in-law is well into Monster Hunter. Uh, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter, Monster. Even Hunter. Monster Hunter's just um, a cheese collecting game, and <laughs> that I'd play. Buddy, just got to go fight different cheeses. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I'm, I'm with you. Something about that kind of like. Core gameplay loop just doesn't doesn't interest me.
1: I'm not yeah. fascinated by yeah. it.
2: I'm not interested in it, which is kind of weird because, like, on paper you'd think like, oh, you kill these giant monsters. It's a really like tough challenge. It takes a long time. And when you do, you can like create weapons and armor from their skin and bones. I'd be like, yeah, I'm up yeah. for that.
0: What's but- weird is that when a free to play multiplayer game stripped the core idea of Monster Hunter out in the form of <laughs> Dauntless, Jonesy and I and Steph at the time actually played it. But Monster Hunter itself, like,
1: and I quite liked it. Yeah, Yeah. it was like, oh, this is cool.
0: Like, turns out, taking like spending half an hour killing one massive monster and using its scales to build a better sword is a fun loop. Um, (laughs) But I'm never going to play Monster Hunter. Um, We'll see. Maybe if they do a sequel to World and something big and fancy on the PS5, we can
2: all get around to it. But in the meantime, I I think what's got to happen is it's got to hit that hit that zeitgeist in a way that like we feel we can't miss out on it. Because at the moment, like, even though it's been, like, absurdly popular and, like, breaking records with each successive, like, release, it's never been a case of, like, oh must play over anything else that comes out at the time. No. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. But for us, at least. But then again, Monster Hunter fans are a different breed, and anytime there's a Monster Hunter thing, then it's, like, that's the only thing I care about.
0: True. I will say, though, hey, series fan or not, do you know another game that I think should be a must play for a lot of people is Nier Automata? And a oh. whole new audience of folks are going to get a chance to play it, thanks to the End of Your High edition, which is coming out on the Switch on October sixth, with um, new costumes exclusive to the Switch and all previously released uh, modes and content that came to see, like the Xbox port and so on and so forth. Um, a wonderful game, a
2: wonderful game. Uh, with see, I, I've never played it, and I've I've downloaded it through Games Pass, but I haven't like I just haven't had time. Um, but I'd be interested in it on Switch, you know, because that could work out like nicely as a, as a console for which to me to consume this. Like, you know, a, an hour in bed each night, kind of squirreling my way through it. It'd be good.
1: I, I, I could, I yeah, see I, I could see, I could see that.
2: Yeah. I, I played it
1: on PlayStation four and I, I, I liked it, but it's, it's kind of, I, I think it's showing its age a little bit and it's, it looks a little bland and stuff, but I think with on the switch, I think I could, I think that's not a bad shot to play on the switch.
0: Yeah, it's like it's, it's, if those sort of the some of the textures and the kind of grey, dull blurriness <laughs> of the PS4 version actually somehow kind of get like super sampled and look weirdly sharp, especially in the handheld mode of the Switch, that could be all right. But yeah, there's yeah. also...
1: Oh yeah, don't play on, don't play on a screen. Oh, yeah, play it yeah, handheld yeah. and hold oh, yeah, it far yeah, away. Yeah. And, that, it look, and it will look the, really the nice. The docked
0: version of this is going to look like absolute mud. Um, but uh, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. the weird thing about Nier Automata is that like, it's kind of one of those things that you kind of play it, and you're like, "Oh, actually, this combat is a lot more fun, and like maybe even DMC-like than I'd expected." And I can kind of the, but but it's also got that weird sort of like USP of, "Hey, the story is really good," but also you need to complete the game at least three times from three different <laughs> perspectives to get the full story, and there are 26 different endings, and um, it sounds like anime bullshit, but I can tell you, as someone who is usually averse to anime bullshit, Nier Automata is not. And if you can give it the time of the day, I think it does reward you. So, it will be cool.
2: Nice, very nice. Um,
0: another quick one. There were a bunch of sort of like uh, smaller titles that were announced or revealed for the first time at this direct. And one such title was Lorelei and the Laser Rise from the developer, developer of Cyanara Wild Hearts, which is described as a modern take on puzzle adventure games. And it comes out on the Nintendo Switch first in 2023. But the reason it caught my eye was because a bunch of shots of this game just straight up looked like Killer Seven. And um, <laughs> I don't know if I ever want to play Killer 7 again. I think I own it on Steam. Um, but, like, a game that kind of invokes some of that. Um... Even just a game called Lorelei
2: and the Laser Eyes. Like, it's a great
0: right? name. It's, it's pretty a great name. where
2: Wild Hearts was cool, so like yeah. this could be equally as cool.
0: Oh, genuinely, Chris. Like, this trailer came to an end, and I was waiting for Suda51's name to pop up. Like, it gave yeah. all those <laughs> vibes, and then turned out to be from the... Siren, Arrow, but which is equally cool. So yeah, yeah, um,
2: nice.
0: Yeah, we then got um, a bit of uh, TLC for fans of some older series and some titles that needed porting over from older consoles. Starting with a couple of Game Boy Advance hits in the form of Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, which comes to the Switch in twenty twenty three. Again, there were ten of those uh, Mega Man Battle Network games on the GBA, apparently. Um, and again, I yeah, I know it's mental. And my understanding is that, again, the, stop me if you heard this before when talking about like a Japanese title, but the people who like these games really like these games, but I've <laughs> never played one.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. I, I kind of love shit like this because like you can either play it on the Game Boy Advance or you can't play it. Right. Usually. right? And so it's like, right. yeah, okay. The The modern trend of doing this, I think is fair. It's decent. I've picked up a couple of titles that do similar things in the past, and I've been grateful for it. It's always good to kind of like update shit for use on modern consoles.
0: Exactly. Clearly an idea shared by the good folks who thought that the PS1 classic Pac-Man World needed the same treatment because Pac-Man World Repack is coming out on August 26th. Jonesy, you're a famous admirer of of the Gobbler Gobbler. Are you going to (laughs) be repacking your way into this title on August 26th?
1: Uh, do you know what? I've never played Pac-Man World. Um, I Although I did have a PlayStation 1, I might be tempted to get a bit of repack going on. What's interesting about this was the snitch leaked it before it happened, which was kind of random. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What a strange there, there thing to choose to leak. <laughs> yeah, but no, but he was right. <laughs> Don't
2: I, knock
0: I, it. I reckon it was one of those things where he hadn't leaked anything in the while. He's like, I've got to leak something from this direct. Saw the titles, was like, well, what can I? what's interesting? He was like, fuck it. I'll just do the Pac-Man thing.
2: Or maybe, yeah, maybe there's the only yeah, you So know what, you might well be right. on the back end. Yeah,
0: maybe.
1: Like, he's a massive Pac-Man fan and he's, he's given himself away. Well, is, is yeah. this a big
2: deal? Like, excuse my ignorance. I don't think so.
1: So, so. so was this on Twitter. People were reacting by saying like, why have you, why have you like leaked this? No one cares. And then other, the other half of people reacting were like, this is amazing. Oh, Pac-Man world, so incredible. Can't wait for it. And I was like, really? Okay. This is an odd one but
0: yeah all right. <laughs> yeah, kind of strange. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, for me again like I, I without trying to sound too dismissive, I actually don't think sometimes like Twitter noise and Twitter hype is a useful way of gauging how important a like a remaster is because I think a lot of very weird Agreed. people can make a lot of very weird noise about things that like I don't <laughs> I, I again I don't know how well received Pac-Man World well was at the time, but we were all PS1 owners and we were all aware of Pac-Man And none of us played Pac-Man World, so maybe it's a blind spot for me, but this also just feels like one of those things where, like, I'm sure it hits a nostalgia button for some people and, um, yeah. But then, hey, onto something a little bit more positive, again, depending on your outlook, but also a little bit controversial uh, if you want to go the other way on it, was Return to Monkey Island, which we got our first uh, proper look at, first sort of big trailer uh, a lot more look at different environments, different character art, art and so on and so forth. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch first uh, this year, I think. Before it comes to any other console,
2: that's a, um, that's a
0: good get. That's a really good get for Nintendo for sure. And it makes it makes a lot of sense on on handheld, like again, like an adventure game, like a classic Monkey Island game. Yeah, I, I, agree. I thought this looked really neat. Um, the game, the art direction, kind of reminded me of like a kind of a guacamayle style, really kind of like very colorful, stylized, hard edges kind of style. Um, and I was picking up a lot of what it was putting down, but this game has been getting a lot of flack online for it's straying from the Monkey Island roots to the point where um, I, the series creator, Ron Gilbert, the man himself who was <laughs> heading up this whole operation has essentially removed himself from social media and the kind of the yeah. forum that he was running where a lot of these conversations were happening because
2: he, there's so much negativity out there. Yeah, um, It's mental, isn't it? Like, and like, you, you're right. Like you created it, like, it's his to fucking do with what he, what he wants. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it looks Yeah, great. shut up, <laughs> yeah, shut up I, audience. I think it looks quality. But is that kind of like double-edged sword about creating something like that get, gets noticed and is, becomes famous and a cult grows up around it where we say it's his, you know, I- but, but eventually it, it develops to be more than that, right? I, do you know what
1: I would agree with your opinion on that if it wasn't for the, if I agree if I believed that most of the people who are criticising Monkey Island had ever played it
2: oh, I'm sure
1: most of the people that are kicking off are people that are just like joining a bandwagon have no idea and it was just you know I, I don't think actual Monkey Island players um, are taking to Twitter to give give him grief
2: <laughs> I, I, but you know it I'm, is what it is I'm with Jamie I think this looks absolutely fucking fantastic and I'm really am for it and yeah, man. Like, let's, let's fucking go. Uh, yeah. uh, Guybrush conv- uh, returning, um, LeChuck returning. Let's let's fucking do it.
0: Good yeah. man. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I mean, like we said, like original series creator, original uh, co writer and game designer, uh, yeah. original composers. Like the whole team's
2: coming back together for what looks like a really sharp, bright adventure. You know what the problem um, is? Is people people don't know what they want, right? This is like we know this. So what what they think they want is they just want they want Monkey Island again, but then if yeah if you give them Monkey Island again, they're gonna be like, well, this is just Monkey Island again. i Have been mm. given us this? So and then he's like, no, but here's something else, and they say, yeah, but we don't want that. That's not Monkey Island. Like shut up. Yeah. What are you gonna do? You can never satisfy them. So you just fucking do what you wanna do, and that's Probably what he's please. doing. So fair play for him. And uh, I'm I'm. It's sad that he's had to kind of like. Run away from social media, but fine, so be it.
1: That's probably a good life lesson for most people anyway. Just run away from social media at all costs. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, exactly. Life's easier without it.
0: Um, Hey, do you know what life's not easy without? Mario. I want as much room in my life as possible. Wow, I thought you were
2: just going to say hope. That would have been a much better...
1: Oh. Oh,
0: If it was anything beginning. Oh, yeah, hope. But then life isn't good without hope. Hope is misleading. Hope gives you like, like hope is
2: uh, hope gives a you hope. false pariah. Wow, um, getting uh, getting deep at uh, three <laughs> minutes to midnight right now. Yeah, He's like, well, <laughs> Mario
0: deserves such depths, um, <laughs> and Mario returns to us, which is via Ubisoft of course, with Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, which is finally being released on October 20th. Um, they kind of gave a quick trailer at the Direct, and also Ubisoft gave it its own sort of like 15-minute long-ish showcase that was streamed uh, yesterday at the time of recording. Um, I watched the showcase, guys, and I must say that I think that Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope looks set to be another Mario and Rabbids game. Um, the most notable thing that I noticed as a, as a significant change um from the first one that's one i'm actually on board with is that first of all like the um open areas that sort of like break up the combat look to be a lot more open there looks to be a lot more exploration we saw sort of like side characters and npcs that in some cases look like they're almost giving you quick side quests to do um that stuff wasn't very fleshed out in the first game so they've doubled down on that and the big change to combat is that this is no longer grid based um and so whereas in the first title it was much like XCOM, you were kind of yeah. directly telling a character where to move and it would move where you set them and that would be part of your turn. Now you have completely free movement that is one-to-one and controlled in real time within a certain area, which I think will lend to this feeling like more of a hybrid of like the XCOM tactical shooter and a more traditional third-person shooter. Um, Gears of War. Yeah, maybe. Um and I, I think that's going to suit this. Um, I think it'll will, it will feel more natural, um, and it seems like a smart sort of way to ramp up that
2: gameplay. So yeah, yeah. I never played the original, so I don't know. But what I do know is that people that played the original really fucking like it. So it was good. Why not? It was good. I've, I've, you want to hear like a really depressing kind of thought that I had on this though? This is probably yeah. going to be like the highest rated Ubisoft title. In how many releases?
0: <laughs>
2: oh god.
1: Yeah. That's quite sad really, isn't True.
0: it? Probably since the last one, right? Like what was the last critically acclaimed Ubisoft game?
1: Uh,
2: Valhalla didn't
0: really hit, uh, Far Cry didn't really hit, Riders Republic. Well, we
2: say Valhalla didn't hit, but it was the sold the most, right? So But in terms
0: of like you said reviews, right? The more or even just reception, really. Critical
1: reception. Yeah. I guess um yeah. probably will be the most probably will be the most popular. But, that, but that's not a bad thing, right? Cuz Mario vs. Rabbids was good. Oh, it's, it's a good is, thing for Mario vs. Rabbids. Better. It's a bad thing for Ubisoft. I'm you've got well, I'm really I
0: don't know if it's bad now. for them though. Like a, a Mortal's Phoenix Rising didn't get crazy reviews. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla was in the low 80s, I think. Yeah.
2: I um, would say maybe the last bit was um God, what would I say? Fuck okay, it, you know what I'm going to say? The last big- Assassin's Creed Odyssey which is mental to think about. The Odyssey, the Division Two. It's, really, it's probably origins. Family. I wouldn't even say. I, I think. I think. I think Odyssey did well enough to uh, follow up from uh, Origins. O- origins. O- Odyssey looks solid. My like Odyssey. Like and the, when did Odyssey come up? Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Mental. Mental to think that. Four years. Uh, Ubisoft have just been going like, fine. it hasn't been like a sharp decline. But it's been a steady decline. That's mad. Think about it. Yeah, They've been phoning it in. It's a shame, man. Like, I've always liked Ubisoft for whatever reason. Like, I've I've mentioned it before on the podcast where I always kind of feel like they are the, you know, the plucky underdog. Even though they're not, they're a fucking behemoth. Right. Yeah. Like, I always want to see them succeed. But, (laughs) you know, very seldom do they actually deliver for me. It's because, yeah.
1: I think it's because they shaped the industry. Like, they they literally, yeah. it's for us, of our generation, I think, if you look at the games like Assassin's Creed, if you look at, you know, um, games like um, uh, like The World, The Division, what that was going to be. Um, Far Cry at, oh, no, to be fair, what it was, <clears throat> look at Far Cry, you look at all of those games. Like, they were games that now you go back and you say, oh, this was influenced by Ubisoft games. Like, this yeah. game was influenced by them. They <laughs> built the groundwork for all of this. And it's just kind of sad to see them go to just sort of being a bit mediocre, really, isn't it?
0: yes always always although i will say even excluding um sparks of hope if you believe the smoke on the street i think they will have at least two other opportunities to redeem themselves by the end of the year um (laughs) well it's not going to be skull and bones skull and bones is not looking likely the the other one again the word on the street at the moment is that avatar frontiers of pandora is still going to come out in november which, okay. of course, developed primarily by Massive Entertainment, who are the division team. Um,
2: but even all that even if that game. even if that like works out right, let's say that's critically acclaimed. Again, and it's not such a big deal, but it's not in a Ubisoft IP. It is True. again jumping off the back of some on some other IP that's like a- already got its own kind of fan base. Like in this one, it's like, hey, Nintendo fan base, they are. Right, slash Ubisoft game, please. You know, like
0: like the best parts of the South Park games were always the fact that they were South Park games,
2: right? Exactly. It's like
1: their their September Assassin's Creed special might might could actually be really good. Like there there is a potential that they sort of they do something really nice really cool with assassins creed and we we by the end of the year we're saying oh yeah ubisoft they're definitely moving in the right direction but obviously we have to wait yeah. and see wait and see where they go with it yeah
0: exactly plus you never know a few eyebrows could be raised at the end of the year people drop those game of the year lists you know their top 10s and i've spoken to a few people already that said rainbow 6 extraction is going to rank pretty highly <laughs>
1: so,
0: remember that game yes that did come out this year
2: You scumbag but note, the Are game you that i downloaded. And then deleted without playing it. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you in any doubt?
1: Like when they released their uh, um, avatar, was it called Pandor- Pandora? Frontiers of Pandora, Pandora? I think. Frontiers yeah. of Pandora. When that comes out, it's gonna be another Ubisoft release. As in, it's gonna come out. We're gonna do a podcast, and someone's gonna go, "Did that come out?" And then we're gonna like look at go Google it and be like, "Oh yeah, it came out like three days ago." Like,
2: nah, I, why I didn't they that...
1: tell anyone that game was coming out? No, nah, this, nah, this will be this will be one out. of them. This will yeah. be more of the Far right, Cry, will... Assassin's
2: Creed kind of cut where it be like. Well, it, it will purely because of the movie, Jonesy. Like true, it's, it's, oh, it's, it'll, it'll be part of the marketing machine. Or it gets
1: swallowed by the movie. You won't even... It was like when the game Fifth Element came out. Well, no, the game Armageddon came out at the same time as the movie game Armageddon Arma- came out. And it was like, was Armageddon. there a game of Armageddon? Oh my
2: God, just With fucking Bruce Willis in to the words that are nothing, coming out of your mouth had, right now. The game Armageddon. Did you ever play the game Armageddon?
1: No. <laughs> there you go. It didn't work <laughs> as part of the marketing campaign for the movie, did it? I mean, You've heard of the film Armageddon.
0: I will say that going Haven't to the, you? going to the shop after the cinema and buying the game of the film I just saw was actually one of my favourite <laughs> pastimes growing up. And I remember two films I did. Bruce ever.
1: Willis is in the game. Bruce Willis is in the game.
0: Yeah, but yeah. Bruce Willis is And you've also never heard of him. it. What's that other what's that game where Bruce Willis was meant to be the sidekick and then and then he became the main character and like it was being built the same engine as um NeverSoft built the tony hawks uh game in, and so the, there was like you, a thing where you could mod bruce willis into one of the tony hawks games
2: but I've, tony, i do know i don't bruce, think I've bruce heard bruce, that.
0: bruce willis was like the main character in a game um in uh, like a ps1 game i think it was in the in the 90s and again he'd been he'd been cast to be like the sidekick for the player character and then, there you go and then, like halfway through development, they were like, "Now nah, Bruce Willis has to be the main character. You have to play as Bruce Willis."
2: Mate, I've never heard of this. This is mad. Yeah,
0: weird, right? And like, yeah, yeah there's a whole thing where again, I'm not sure if it was because NeverSoft made Apocalypse or if it's just an Activision thing, but Bruce Willis could be played. Uh, it was playable in like an early build of one of the Tony Hawk's games because it was something weird. Like they used. A pot levels from Apocalypse to test the mechanics of Tony Hawk's. So it would just be Bruce Willis's player model from Apocalypse skateboarding around Apocalypse levels, to like test That's stuff out.
2: Weird. Something but like yeah, that. Yeah, fine. Fair enough. Anyway,
0: yeah, let's get back to this direct. <laughs> um, we got another look at Sonic Frontiers, and um, yeah, turns out that open world gameplay that looked really ropey on just about every other platform ever looked ropey. I cannot, as can I? Can I just? Can Switch. I quickly?
1: I just googled it I realised uh, the um, the game I was talking about Armageddon is in fact the game Jamie's talking about oh, Apocalypse. <laughs> right. So, it's called, it's called so, so, so not apocalypse. based not based
0: on the movie at all rendering the entire like, No, but
1: it voice. came out at the same time. It came out at the same time and I and as yeah. a kid I I got I think I must and, and have got confused right, I right, thought you know they what, were the same to, thing to
2: your point the um the Armageddon marketing machine did apocalypse the game. No favours. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> did it
1: no favours. Did it no
2: favours whatsoever. I just they both begin John
1: with A. Like, They're both about the end of the world. Come on. I
0: just totally believe that there Sorry. would have been an Armageddon game with Bruce Willis yeah, in it somewhere. so I was like, yeah, sure sounds believable. I wasn't going to call him out on it. Um, yeah, no, there wasn't. I was, I
1: was, the- I was, I was making it up.
0: Yeah, the, the thing that was new in this Sonic Frontiers look, what I will say, other than seeing the open world's uh, high-fidelity visuals running on the no, Nintendo mate, Switch... open zone. Sorry, excuse me, open zone. Come on, get it right. Um, was, well, actually, Chris, that was what was different. We actually got a taste of what the gameplay will look like when it is not open zone related, and that is in the new cyberspace levels that look like a lot more of the traditional 3D Sonic action that we're used to in terms of it's far more linear and... I don't know. We'll see how much...
2: Great.
0: Right.
1: Come with me on this. Come with me on this little journey. Yes, Uncle. I need it to calm down first. (laughs) I thought Sonic Frontiers at this little Nintendo showcase looked much better than it did the other day with the uh, 15 minutes of gameplay. But wait, the the, the, the opening. I think the way they showcased it. The way that the, what they showed off, how they showed off what they showed off. I think they did a better job of, of saying, like, this looks like a Sonic game that you might be able to have fun with. Whereas I genuinely the other day was like, "That this looks terrible. But they were just sort of meandering around the yeah, open yeah, the, world I'll, I'll, aimlessly. I'll be honest
2: with you. It didn't I, look I great you...
1: still, but it looked better.
2: And I give you the, the, the secret to the longevity of the Sonic games? is pretty much all of them are a <laughs> sure. game that you can kind of have fun with. <laughs> right. was, but Okay, but I'm that first sure
1: trailer would look that. like a game that you couldn't have any fun with.
2: So at least this, this, this is, is true to kind of fun. This is true. I, I don't know, man. Like, Jonesy, to to your point, like, put makeup on a pig. Looks a bit prettier. <laughs> you might fuck it, but, you know, still a pig. Still a pig. Do you know which Gee, pig does would it
0: push fuck back? <clears throat> oh, wow, that sounds kind of actually weirdly really big. Like, that's kind of creepy. Hell, hell yeah, buddy. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I do know pig. however how I feel about the Portal Companion Collection getting a surprise launch on the Nintendo Switch and how I feel about it is this is great those are good games I'm not going to play them um <laughs> I've yeah, already I bet, played them uh, Either of you two going to delve back into either Portal or Portal
2: 2 in Nintendo Switch form? It, I mean if I wanted to it'll be through Steam because no. that's where I, I want to play it right And so. how like 99% yeah. of the population already own them. Yeah exactly. But this Yeah this exactly is, yeah this is still cool i like i do genuinely think that this is still cool um especially if it kind of like um like portal 2 is like by by all means like top tier top 100 game of all time you could even say um it's it is that phenomenal and when it came out it like blew me away Mm. um if another audience another age of audience gets exposed to it because it's now on the switch by all means um I just hope it means Portal Three it might be a thing that would happen one day, sometime. These Gaben. yeah, it's
1: cool, it's, man. It, do you know what? I, I I know what you mean. Bringing Portal to a new like a new console, that's fine. Okay, more people can play it. Brilliant. But the Switch and Nintendo do do a whole thing of like just mopping up games from years ago and going like it's new to our system. Like, and that's that for me rang true of most of this little this direct this mini direct was, it was like, um, Nier Automata is coming to the, uh, Nintendo switch. You've got Pac-Man coming to switch. Monkey Island's coming to switch. It's like portals coming to switch. 10 old games from the game and Game Boy Advance are coming to switch. It was just a lot of, you know, this stuff you've already played, or if you didn't play it, cause you didn't want to, you didn't play it cause you didn't want to play it, but you can now play it on the switch. And I'm like, okay. No, nah, but and you, that you, seems it, to be,
2: you're thinking about it wrong though, Jonesy. Like it's, you, you've got to understand that for us, like a switch is like a, a a secondary, a tertiary console for us, right? But for a lot of people, it's their yeah. primary console. And you know, when it comes to like Portal Two, where would you have played it? You would have played it. Um, oh, sure,
1: it came- but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't when Portal Two came out. They might now have it as their primary console, but I'm betting most of people already already played Portal Two on their PC or whatever when it came out. Maybe if they, they had, maybe like, they a didn't have a PC. And think about think about <laughs> that's like,
2: very possible. Think about your like younger your 12-year-old, people twelve year old nephew, yeah. And like they're getting into they're gaming. not going to play it. They're, they might if they're they're not going to play it. Mate, I'll tell you that when I was twelve years old and I started getting like <laughs> properly into gaming, and you start thinking, you start hearing like, what would like the really amazing games from a couple of years ago. Like you, you look at top one hundred lists, top ten lists, uh YouTube is talking about it, all of a sudden this makes perfect sense. And not only does it make perfect sense, it is the reason why the Switch is the top selling console and is going to overtake the PS2. Bunchy. Fair, fair enough.
0: I, I fair enough. Can I can I be the, can I do the sitting on the fence thing?
2: Oh, I love it. Yeah. And it's like a, <laughs> sure. like
0: a split the heart and mind. Like my heart is with Jonesy in so much as that like kind of these things do little for me and I kind of don't get why so many of them happen. But my mind is with Chris, which is that the evidence is that the switch is a behemoth and ports like these in a lot of cases seem to fuel its success. And there is just, there does seem to be this weird, almost otherworldly appeal to playing things in a handheld fashion. Things oh we need this on switch get this on switch port this on switch <laughs> and it's almost like in the absence of nintendo churning out first party titles as good as those games usually are when they do come out it's just this weird gulf where like it's two things it's kind of like the neon white-esque and like like we were saying earlier the lorelei and the laser eyes kind of things of like these small indie games that uh run well on the switch and are kind of well suited to it as a form factor and then on the other end it's just like I wonder what this would be like on the Switch. Or how cool would it be to finally have this on the go? And like, yeah. I, I've I've been sucking into it before. I bought Skyrim and played half an hour of it because the <laughs> idea of Skyrim on the Switch was better than Skyrim on the Switch for me personally. But it works for some reason. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I'm sure I'm sure it works for some people. But I th- I think the thing that drives the behemoth that is the Switch is is the first party stuff, and is and is I think. And then everyone cries out for more first party stuff. Then what this this sort of like older games brought to the Switch? What it does is it kind of ke- keeps people playing their Switch before the next first party game comes out.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. that
1: to me is is what is kind of what I don't think I don't think these games drive any numbers at all. I don't think anyone makes a decision to get a Switch or to get something else or to not get one based on all of these sorts of games. I think this is just fodder to keep. And I, the people who probably buy them, people probably have got the Switch. I've played the game before, and they're like, "Oh, that's a cool thing to bring to the Switch." I'll get it and play it again because they're waiting for something else to come out. And then, and then do you know what? Then they'll bring out something else, something cooler, come out, first-party software will come out, and then everyone will be like, "Oh my god!" And everyone will buy it. Everyone will get who hasn't got a Switch will go, "Now I've got to buy a Switch because um, yeah. whatever game has just released or whatever." I think that's yep, that, that's. I, that's I, I think the that's uh, their first-party stuff is still the strongest.
2: I mean, easily still that's the, strongest the ecosystem, right? Like what they've done is they built yeah. a robust ecosystem because if they. Because look, if they, they didn't, really have, the, if it's they didn't have this robust third-party support, you know what they'd have on their hands? The Wii U. Or the Vita. <laughs> yeah, or the Vita. Like, it's all perfectly fine, like, having these great games, first party, but if there's nothing to complement it, the, co- the console dies. So Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's true, that's true. Because like, you would just forget about it. You would
1: have to buy another console or get something else, and then you wouldn't buy any more games for it. Yeah, so Yeah, because when, you, when, you when you're be
2: thinking fair. about looking at buying a console, you think to yourself, what are the catalog of games that I can get? And currently, you look at the Switch and you're like, fucking indies sorted, Nintendo first party sorted. Oh, it's got pretty much all the third party stuff as well. Yeah. It makes
1: sense. I'd love to know. I'd love to meet someone who played like Skyrim start to finish on the Switch. I bet there <laughs> were, and that's the only time they've ever played oh, it. I'm Mr. sure there are. I'm sure there R- are. I'd be like, played, how did you
2: like it? R- Sam Richards, uh, formerly 101 Facts, um, played Witcher 3. On Switch, like I think he finished it. Damn! Wow, that, that okay. was another
0: one I played half an That's hour. That's a hell of a and thing. And then stopped to play the PS4 version
1: again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah it's it's got, it's I've, funny, I've they, got my. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say like my my kids love the Switch. They play it constantly, but everything they play on it, I they're I mean, but they maybe they're a bit too young because they're not like you said, Chris. They're not twelve. Like my oldest is six, but he'll play. Kirby, he plays Pokemon, he'll play all those kind of games. Like he absolutely loves them. And they're probably his, uh you know, some of his favorite games to play. He wouldn't go anywhere near some of the older ported stuff because it Fair, just
2: doesn't. But he'll go to, he'll do Sonic but Frontiers.
1: M- maybe when he's a bit older. Oh, he would do Sonic, absolutely would do Sonic Frontiers, be all over that. Even if it's trash, he'll be like, Sonic's oh, yeah. the greatest game ever. And he'll be playing loads of That's it. That's the beauty about kids absolutely. in the
2: gaming industry, man. Like, it's print money for the gaming industry. So, perfect.
1: Have you ever been on Roblox? So, Roblox, however you say it, what trash Roblox, that yeah. is utter <laughs> trash. They love it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was gonna say, well, actually, going back to the direct, the direct ironically closed out on perhaps like the quintessential example of games that people were crying out for ports of. That even though in recent weeks they have been announced and confirmed for um, Sony and Microsoft's consoles. The kind of the missing link was still the Switch, and those people got what they were screaming out for, which is a port of at first Persona Five Royal, which is coming to the Switch on October twenty first, and then later on in uh, another time in the future, Persona Four Golden and Persona Three Portable. Again, like I know Persona Four Golden and Persona Three Portable not the easiest games to play nowadays, so there's a bit more of a case for them than say Portal and Portal Two. But like this is another example of like, oh, I really want this on Switch, I really want this on Switch, and of course like. The base level of base version of Persona Five before Royal is like you can play it for, on PS Five for free, for example,
2: because um, <laughs> yeah. it's
0: part of that collection.
2: Yeah, um, and if you've got Game Pass, like
0: all of this is coming yes, to Game Pass. They, exactly. These there yeah, that was part of the Microsoft showcase the other day. So like huge availability for these games. That's all, we already knew was trending in the right direction, but there was still that cry of, "Please let it be for Switch. Please let it come for Switch." And and
2: yeah, like taps because yeah, I, I think I think you guys like like. Forget about the USP of the Switch is like sit anywhere, play that game instead of just having to be that on your couch. Like for me, yeah. I, no, think you're right. yeah. I think about Switch, and what I'm thinking of is like, I play games on the train, I play games on a plane, rhyme, lots of rhyme here, uh, and I play games <laughs> in, in my bed. Like that's like, and then you say to me, like, if I ever got a hankering to play Portal again, and I think to myself, like, maybe like Portal on a train journey would be pretty fucking cool like (laughs) this is turning to like sam i am i do not like it (laughs) sam if i'm on a plane and a train give me a switch you bitch i will not
0: play it on a train i will not play it on a plane yeah i I don't know why that the the the, especially the travel gaming never quite clicked for me and i've taken the switch on long-haul flights for example in recent years and like maybe got like an hour or two out of it but it's never been maybe like a mixture of the kind of titles I play and battery life and so on and so forth. I never got a crazy amount out of it, and I think the issue I have at home is that the Switch so rarely makes sense for someone who lives in an environment where I have. And again, I'm not saying this to to uh, rub it in either of your faces, but no wife, no kids means I have complete free reign over what is happening on any of my screens at any time. <laughs> and when I say it in my screens, I'm like, my TV is mine at all times. My PC and all my monitors and my you, you just solid. have
2: porn playing on your on your TV like twenty four seven. I just I don't. But I could. I could. Yeah, exactly. absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> and so there's all these things like with The Witcher. It's like as soon as I saw what The Witcher looked like on Switch after buying it, I was like, I'm not playing this. Like I'm sat right <laughs> next to my PC, which is sat
2: right next to my PS5. <laughs> but you know what happened is you gave them the money, and you know what they said? Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> they they literally they literally
1: gotcha, bitch. <laughs> I think that the, you are right. Like the, the things that the Switch do does well, it does very well. I think one of the things that happened for me though was like I'm kind of similar in some sense to like Jamie and that I know because I work from home, I obviously live at home and we're just here the whole time. I've got a, a good PC that I can game on, I've got a PlayStation 5. Sometimes deciding to play the Switch is kind of a weird. Would be a weird decision unless there's a specific game. And if you're gonna say, Do you wanna play The Witcher 3? I'm like, No, I wanna play, you know, I wanna play that somewhere it looks really nice. Yeah, but I, I, but I get you. that having I get you. been said, that having been said, I could not play Persona 5 on the PlayStation 5 because I just couldn't bring myself to play it because I was like, What the hell is this? What is going on? Maybe getting on the Switch, I would be more, you know, I'm just sitting on the toilet. I'm like, what, I'm bored. What shall I do? I might as well try more Persona 5 and see what happens. Squirrel maybe gaming, will, maybe baby. Maybe that'll crack it. Little squirrel gaming.
2: Of, little little nuts of games in your mouth. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because, like, while well, I never got squirrel gaming down with the Switch, I do still sometimes have moments where, like, I'll get really into a certain game on my phone, and it'll be the thing where, like, Oh, I'm not going to tell this or say this in front of anyone I work with, but I accidentally spent two hours playing this game across the course of today while I was at work. <laughs> like, and let's put it down to lunch breaks and taking a shit, because obviously I don't sit there at my desk and not not working. I'm a very hard worker. Uh, you guys know that. Um, mm. But like, yeah, yeah like, absolutely. Why does that? Why do I sometimes find myself like in the last six months? Playing many multiples more time like in on phone games than I do Switch games. When
2: in theory I've just been sat in the same spot and I could have had either <laughs> one in my hand. I don't know, but it's just what clicks for you. Like you mentioned about like the travel aspect of the Switch. Like I, it, that's where it gels the most for me. Funnily enough, mm. less so now because now anytime I'm traveling with my like let's say a long haul flight, it's with my son, and then that's kind of like. Takes up a lot of your focus and time and effort, but if i was traveling alone on a long haul flight, yeah, oh, I, G- I give him use, the switch oh, and then was... it doesn't. <laughs> but then it's going to be no, hands on my that, switch. Like, isn't
0: that what iPads are for? You just get one of those kid iPads with like the world's thickest
1: covers and like, <laughs> yeah. <fair laughs> my enough. my three year old, you you saw it the other day. I think my three year old loves Kirby. Like, he'll play Kirby. He'll come home and he goes, "Can I play Switch?" Like, it'll be at nursery and I'll say, "Yeah, if you want." And he loves it. but he can't do the boss fights. So he'll be playing, he'll love it, and he's playing away. And he likes to be- change characters. He likes to get all the different sort of uh, unlockables you can get. But then he comes across a boss, and rather than just not fight the boss, because he's finished because my they've finished the game. Well, not my three year old, but the six year old. Um, and he'll come to me and go, Can you fight him? So I have to do all the boss fights. But uh, <laughs> apart from that, he loves it. That's cool. Though. That
2: that that's father son moment right there. I, I mean, he drops he it all so- the time though. I bet he looks over your shoulder as you as you're fighting the boss. He's like,
1: "Go, Daddy, do it." No, because he's three. You know what he does? He leans in front of me so he can see <laughs> it, and I'm like, "I can't see through your head." And he like, "What?" And I'm like, yeah, head's in the way now." Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Shall we? Um,
0: should we do one more new story, maybe, and then and uh, then put a yeah. Bomb. All right. Yeah. Nice. But, yeah. Go on. This next one I feel like could be a good fit for you, Chris, because we're going to be talking about from software. And our old friend Miyazaki, the director of the smash hit of 2022 so far, Elden Ring, he's been doing some interviews lately and has revealed that for as much as Elden Ring has basically only just come out um, and still feels like the hot new thing, the studio's next game is, quote, nearing the end of development. Um, yeah. So a bit of catch up in a 2018 interview. So admittedly, four years ago, things might have changed since then. Um, Miyazaki stated that the ga- that the studio had been working on three and a half games. The half <laughs> game being a PS4 VR title that was named Um I don't really know what the latest is on that, or whether that's like a PSVR2 thing now or what. Um, no, that came that came out. It came out. There you go. Shows yeah. how much I know. I'm pretty sure it came out. Let me double check that. <laughs> I could totally believe it. Anyway, that It was a
2: it was a weird one about like, I don't know, there's like a I just remember the trailers like a girl in an attic or some shit. It was kind of weird. While well, you fact check that, um it seems though, uh understandably,
0: again, given he is just one man, Miyazaki is seemingly only directing one of these upcoming titles and said, um, quote, in fact, we are working on several titles directed by people other than myself. I think we will be able to show you a different color of direction for From Software. So please look forward to it. Um, in And uh, one little tidbit here that I'll say is that one of these titles in development at From is probably Armored Core 6, which yeah. was reportedly mentioned in a consumer survey uh, earlier this year and seems to make sense. So I guess, Chris, what we're talking about is that if from so, like the, the thing that fascinates me about this right is that yeah. from software for as much as there are little titles like Deracine, which clearly I can't even remember if they came out yeah. or not so it, like
2: it did come out ninety percent go. of Google users liked it sixty eight <laughs> percent of Metacritic um, but and, and and this is this is okay Deracine is a first person adventure game um, for the PlayStation Four VR. It takes the role of a fairy in an isolated boarding school who attempts to solve a mystery in virtual reality via the PlayStation VR headset. Does that sound appealing to you? Then play Deracine. So, but this is
0: kind of like taps in perfectly to kind of like what the questions I wanted to pose about this, because when I hear you describe what you just did there, a very fucking weird sounding game that gets a 68 overall Metacritic, my head immediately goes to, This is From Software making the kind of shit they made before a bunch of weirdos all unanimously decided they liked some of the weird shit that From Software made. And ever since, like, the Demon Souls formula hit, and they went back to that well over and over and over again, and to be fair to them, even as they iterated and changed through Bloodborne and Sekiro, and then, of course, the open world of Elden Ring, they continue to nail it. So you have to give them credit where it's due. But there is also this other other element of From Software, which is just that they make weird stuff, and they make stuff that in the days before the souls born you know uh building blocks were laid down was kind of bad um like yeah. even armored core you're know, talking about armored core 6 coming back i'm sure it'd be welcome with open arms because of from software's reputation but has a kind of scattershot history armored core so when i'm reading this i'm like multiple games in development miyazaki only um uh, directing one of them obviously which may well be you know whatever the next sort of in the lineage of Soulsborne titles is we don't know um but like yeah. yeah but the potential for at least two from software titles coming out in the next couple of years from outside of the, you know, Miyazaki's um, um overlook could we see if they do keep staffing up and do taking on more and more projects almost a return to the slightly more hit and miss from software of pre Soulsborne because i don't know if no. that'd be a good thing or a bad you don't think so
2: no uh, and and the the key is Miyazaki. Okay, you
0: think even if he's not directing, that there's going to be a new level of sort of like quality assurance well, in this sort of like redefined era of FromSoft.
2: The thing is with Miyazaki, and I got to fact check this: he's not just their director. I think he's like, like he holds a very high position in in FromSoft. Yes, um, he's the um, he's like creative director or something, or I don't even know. Uh, yeah, he's creative director yeah so what you got to think about that is like think of um Miyamoto in with Nintendo. Think about what he does. He doesn't direct all the games, but he has he has his finger in all those dirty little pies, all right this just, just called it what it is. Um, and, and I think like Miyazaki's going to be the difference there. So Miyazaki obviously like started to come up a lot with um Demon Souls onwards, like that you could see. You could like plot his impact from when he started like getting proper chances within the company and and plot it forward. Okay. Yes. Now, him being directly related to the next game, if I had to if you had to push me for a guess, I'd say it's probably Bloodborne 2. He was the one who directed Bloodborne, the original Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine it could be something like that. Um on the armored core front, it could be something cool because <laughs> like Maybe you've got to stop thinking of it as like just another Armored Core game, and more thinking of it like what does modern day Fromsoft do with a mech genre? Yeah, that could be, that well, could be pretty pretty it, it, exciting. It,
0: but like the interesting thing again, I just want to throw this in there to add to the conversation. So Armored Core Five, the last Armored Core game, to to one of your points, it came out before Miyazaki became president, two years before he was president, but. It did come out after Demon Souls and Dark Souls. This is in January of twenty twelve. Uh, it sits on a sixty five on Metacritic for the PS three version, sixty eight for the three sixty. So again, yeah. like even the most recent um, twenty twelve version of Armored Core, a post Dark Souls Armored Core, struggled in the way that From Software
2: games often did with Western yeah. critics, at least. Yeah, here's the thing that maybe we need to consider. If we look at the quote that was said in a 2018 interview where Miyazaki had stated that since 2016, the studio's been working on three and a half games. You mentioned it. Mm. This is what studios do. They work on multiple games at the same time because if they just make one game, let it kind of carry on, come out, it's a flop, then they're fucked. They do these multiple games kind of like try and like maximize their potential. So I wonder if uh, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Armored Core... All being developed more or less at the same time. I mean, to think about. Also, I know that uh, Sekiro and Elden Ring were developed at the same time. Give an example, right? Yeah. And and the the time frame between the two games. So, I don't know. Like, I'm not too concerned uh, about the quality of FromSoft games. I think the more the bigger danger is probably what happened to Ron Gilbert with um, Monkey Island where it's saying fans would want a Souls-like and it probably won't be a Souls-like, and then that's going to make them disappointed and kick off. Hopefully not. but You, know. you, you said quality
1: there, though. Don't you, I think the problem they're going to have is not quality. They're obviously going to make a quality game, even if it's not in that like Dark Souls, Demon Souls area. The problem they're going to have is they, they don't know how to make something that's a critical success outside of that genre. Yeah, I think that's, for me, I don't I don't think quality will be the issue. I think the reality is, in this day and age, you can make a game that's just high quality, has, you know, uh, you when you come to development, it all looks on paper like it's going to be really good. It looks like it should hit. You're perfectly happy with it. It it's goes through development, fine. Technically, it's very good. And then it just mm-hmm. comes out and it just doesn't hit with fans. I think yeah. that's the problem they've got. And I think that's the problem they'll have. The, what they've had with... Oh, it could go the other way. It could for sure go the other way.
2: No, no but it I'm saying really all well all Maybe I'm wrong and Armored Core is going to be a soul's life, which would be equally as fascinating. I mean, that is one way they go, right? Oh, they that, just pivot everything to be that, Wouldn't that be pussying out? Yes. I mean, maybe. But then again, that's what they're known for and it works. So it's like going to Pizza Hut and saying like, well, oh, you know, what, I'll try the fish. Like, no, you go to Pizza Hut because you want a pizza. And Pizza Hut knows this. That's why they make pizza
1: but when you look at a, when you look at someone like Rockstar or even like Ubi like we were talking about earlier they often have games which are in different areas different genres who and they manage to do multiple like um multiple uh, game series well so obviously like we were saying Far Cry maybe not as much so these days but like Assassin's Creed Far Cry um The Division etc and then with Rockstar obviously you have got Red Dead and you've got like a, a Grand Theft Auto I think that you need more than one strand of game of of type of game and that surely that's what they're going to develop right? You don't they're not if they just keep hitting that. I don't know. It's to me it puts all your eggs in one basket. And if they keep hitting the from formula and then the then the market moves, they're in more trouble. Whereas if they make an armored core game, which is an armored core game in its own right and does well, they've they
2: they've got more a, more baskets for yeah, more eggs. Do you I know what I mean? you, but it's but it's also a little bit it's a little bit skewed in this instance, I think, because I think, uh you know, you can argue whether FromSoft is kind of like pushing the direction of the industry or not, but certainly Souls-like as a genre is pushing the industry. And if you are the publishers that as at the forefront of that genre-defining industry push, I think you're pretty safe in kind of saying, we'll just do more of what's working rather than say like a, a secondary or tertiary developer who's doing the same thing. You are the primary developer of, the main genre that's killing it moment like I think you're safe but I, I, don't, I don't you're know gonna what, I don't you're, know what that's on only a matter is.
1: yeah it's a, it's a matter of time that's like, a matter e- of time though right like yeah, we were sure, saying man. Far Cry obviously for Ubisoft was Far Cry 3 was the pinnacle of that for them probably and then at that point you would not have said that they would be the ones to then drop the ball um, and, and go downhill with like that style of game and they were setting the standard and they were the one that everyone else based what they were doing on. But I yeah, but, worry a little but, bit but that again, Elden Ring Ubisoft, is there. They didn't
2: fall off a cliff though, Tracy. they gradually decline.
1: It's gradual, gradual. But the Elden Ring is the peak of the cliff, right? For, uh, it could be the peak of the cliff for FromSoft and it yeah. could be a gradual decline from there on out, which would be a shame. But if they had more types of games, it wasn't all the FromSoft formula. I, I don't know, that seems to me like it would be a no. safer bet for them. But it's harder to do. It's harder to do for sure. Yeah. yeah. Because like, what, what, what is that? Is it is it Armored Core or is it something else?
0: I know video games are never this simple and this is an extremely reductive and probably even unhelpful way of looking at things, but one thing that I would maybe be thinking about a lot if I was there is that, like, one of the things that's worked with Bloodborne and Second Row and Elden Ring and that progression, of course, all the Dark Souls titles, is that you've created massive uh, hits that have sold millions of copies and been critically acclaimed and increased your profile around the world. It's probably also increased uh, the size of their studio and the number of employees they've got and their kind of catchment area in terms of the number of people that are willing to work for them. And all of a sudden, like, you're not going to go and work for the Kingsfield or the Armored Core guys. You're going to work for the Bloodborne and Elden Ring guys. You're going to go work at Bloodborne too. If you can use that to your advantage and bring in like a really broad and really, you know, experienced range of talent with a whole bunch of new ideas, and all of a sudden you were like, hey, we're taking pictures for Armored Core from a a team of people that could have changed massively over the last decade which is how long it's been then maybe you do have new ideas and maybe it is about just about dropping some of that old from software baggage and being like hey look we're a new team we we just created one of the most critically acclaimed open worlds of all time which is would no one like that the odds of that would have been fifty thousand to one literally 10 years (laughs) ago when we were making 65 you know overall games on critics or metacritic excuse me um like run with that, run with a new brand, run with a new identity, run with the new appeal and the market and the audience, but still try and maybe make
1: something that's different. Um, because hey, sure, uh, one, that one would thing they've for got to them. be thinking, yeah. Well. yeah, One thing they've got to be thinking about surely as well is with the PlayStation, uh, the, the PlayStation VR two, and Armored Core being in their pedigree, like an Armored Core VR game, is yeah. surely a no brainer, right? <laughs> they
0: have made, did they make the um, the mech game that had like uh, like. That had like the crazy, like, suit that. No, it wasn't a suit. It was like this crazy. Gun- peripheral Gundam? Thing. No, no, no. It wasn't a Gundam thing. It was like, it w- was like a more of a, like, the kind of the armored core style mechs. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so I don't. Um, With a peripheral? Yeah, or maybe it wasn't even a mech. But, like, like, you wore it? <laughs> yeah, it was like some crazy tank thing that you, like, sat in. I'm, I'm going to go crazy oh. now and, like, I'm not going to be able to remember what it was, but. um... um. Yeah, I shouldn't have gone down that. Uh, because now we're all googling. Now we're all trying to think of the best way. <laughs> that to sounds I, mad. I can see your head. Um, oh, look, that's f- so funny. I've just t- started Google and like the top. Yeah. I typed in Met Game. Do you want to know what the top results are? Uh, so, Mech Met Warrior, Armcore, no, Met Game, Met Game PS2, Met Game and NFT, Met Game PS1, Met Game PS4, Met Game PS5, Met Game Xbox, <laughs> Met Game with giant controller. Joint control. So what is the joint game with giant It control? Steel Battalion and it was not um from software. Uh, it was uh, right. Capcom joint. But yeah, Steel Battalion was the mech game with the just fucking like massive like pedals and two um
2: joysticks and yeah. Oh mad. I'll tell you my, my favorite mech game, actually made by Hideo Kojima. Oh, it's um what are they called?
0: Uh oh that's really annoying. Um
2: PS2 they were game on the PS2. Baby.
0: Yeah, I remember. Like, yeah, I used to play the demos. I never owned one. Um, they were they, they flew around. Um, yeah,
2: Zone of the Enders. Zone of the, the Enders. Yeah, but the scene in particular, Zone, Zone of, of the Enders, the second runner, I can. Oh, so good. Zone of the so, Enders. So good. That's oh, cool. that's good. Met,
1: Met games. Some there have been some cracking Met games, and but yeah, that like VR. the VR and Met games, surely that's hand in hand. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you'd think so. Come on now there was an
1: amazing SNES 2D platforming met game which I loved and played all the time and I cannot remember what it was called at all I used to play it like non-stop we used to hire it I didn't own it we used to rent <laughs> it from Blockbuster and play it and then re-rent it and then play it and then re-rent it and then, it and then play it
0: Bizarre. there was one on the Nintendo Switch that always looked completely Damon X Machina I uh, remember the trailers oh, yeah. so pretty
2: that's on, rad but that's on Games Pass I believe
0: oh nice there you go oh. And hey, like if, you know, when in doubt we could always just uh, sit patiently with our thumbs up our ass until uh, Respawn get the guts to make Titanfall 3. And we all know that would be the, the mech game to end all mech games, technically. Don't, don't tease can I, me. Can,
1: can, I just fin- can I just finish off with a final thing about FromSoft and ju- just to trigger Chris and just to say, because one, the one thing I worry about with FromSoft and with the Elden Ring specifically is, I'm not saying the Emperor's not wearing any clothes, but Every time they now iterate on those types of games, and they have to produce another open world, because their next game now has to be open world. Like they can't go back to having. Doesn't open have to world. be open world at all. I think. I think it does. Uh-huh. It could be. It could. Be, I, I think it. Do. If it's not, it has to be some like big hub world thing. If they um, went I, back to the old, uh, school, uh, I think it
2: so would be like. It, if they if they make DLC or um or sequel to Elden Ring, then I'd say yeah, it'll probably need to be open world maybe dlc wouldn't need to be open world because it'd just be a hub potentially but you say a sequel to bloodborne does not need to be open that world. was the exact same a, a sequel oh, thing okay. a sequel to does not need to be I, I'd, open go, world. I'd go so
0: far as to say a bloodborne 2 shouldn't
2: be open world
0: oh
1: definitely they shouldn't 100 they shouldn't i i i feel like some people though would say if they if it wasn't people would be like why have you gone backwards Especially with how well Elden Ring was received. See, I think I, the desire for like an open world Bloodborne I, and, or an open world Sekiro, I think, would be tempting. I, or at least Hub World, like I said. I think
0: that's world. one of like the most like dangerous sort of like consumer misconceptions out there at the moment is that like open world equals bigger slash better game or, or is more game Agreed. Or, agreed. Like,
1: yeah. Agreed. But I think that misconception does exist. It and does. I think games right. companies aren't. I don't think games companies are close-minded to that. And I think every time FromSoft iterate on their open-world design, I worry that people are going to start to say, oh, this isn't as open, full of an open world as I thought. Like, it's very pretty, and it holds enemies and does battles very well, but actually there's not a lot going on. And I think every time they do it, they run the risk of people thinking that more and more.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they're safe for the time being, though. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, agreed, agreed. That's much sure. further down the line. Years away. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And hopefully, you know, they sure. have the opportunity to kind of, like, tend to both audiences. Like, it, like it's a completely different series with completely different expectations, but I wouldn't want every future Zelda game to be open world just because Breath of the Wild was. But if they made some that are and some that aren't, that would be cool. And yeah. they kind of have, depending on how yeah. you, you look at... You know, there, ha- there hasn't been any true, like, There've been been smaller uh, Zelda games since Breath of the Wild, like uh, Link's Awakening and stuff like that. Like, yeah, cool. Like, let's let's keep those
1: coming. It, it's um, so annoying because if you make a more linear game, if you make it well, it can be just it can be better than like an open world game anyway. But there is, I I kind of I definitely have seen people thinking like open world is the is like a progression when it doesn't have to be by any stretch but i do think that i think it's because it it, it goes hand in hand with like it's like they're
0: more expensive and they take more people and they take more time and so it's like it's bigger and it's better and you care more and you're doing more but like that doesn't mean it suits anything or anyone like
1: yeah that's true yeah 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 cool cool
0: Right, well, thank you, boys, Ooh. very much um, for welcoming me back to the podcast with Open Arms. I've got to say, it felt weird not being able to speak to you about video games in two weeks, and I bit my tongue <laughs> a lot listening to you guys run your mouths. Uh, and I'm glad that I was being able to return to the it's pod this bollocks. week to restore some order and some some decorum <laughs> and some grace to to the affairs. Um, and thank you both for being such, um, some, such warm and accommodating co-hosts this week.
2: Hey, thank you for... Uh, taking the reins big man and uh hopefully we didn't meander too much but hey you know what we made it well over two hours so we've got to be happy about that right
0: i think we had some moments in the first half an hour i was like oh god this is you know (laughs) the wheels are taking a little while to start spinning (laughs) but we made it to the end um and thank you as well because if you're still listening and or watching that means you made it to the end as well and that's no small task because that means you had to join us and all those meanders and all those weird tangents um you survived more or less unscathed, and for that we're grateful. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe, you can like the video. If you're listening on podcasting platforms, maybe leave a five-star review if that's one of those things you can do on there. Patreon.com forward slash Show. that's a place where you can go to support us and get cool content like that upcoming playthrough of The Quarry. It's all coming soon, and if none of that stuff appeals to you, well then hopefully we'll just see you back here same time, same place next week for another action-packed episode of The Super Show.
2: Bye. Hell yeah. Bye. See ya.